Hi, I'm Maddie Hockaday, also known as the Anne of this relationship. And I'm Holly, the Leslie. We love Parks and Rec. We love behind the scenes. And we love each other. This is literally the best Parks and Recreation rewatch show. We're your park pals. There's a park and some pals and there's also therapy too. Okay, welcome everyone to Park Pals. How are you? Hello and welcome. It's nice to see your face. Oh my gosh, it's so good to see your face, Maddie. (laughs) I look forward to this all day. I'm not even kidding. (laughs) It's so so lovely. It really makes such a difference. It does. It's crazy. Like I was looking for a message from you about microphones or something. Uh-huh. And the amount of times I had to scroll back, like to find something that you texted me two days ago made me so happy. I know I we've like, been doing such a good job of keeping in touch like before this, but now we yeah. like, it's even better. It's almost every day. Yeah. Talk about everything. It is. I love it. I love it so much. And I like have not found any of this stressful. I'm so happy oh, about good. it. Yes. Oh my gosh. I know. There are some times when I'm watching the show and I'm just like, fuck, I would have never noticed that if it wasn't for me watching it because of the podcast. You know what I mean? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. So I think it is great. Also, side note for the listener, a little timeline moment is that uh, Biden and Kamala <gasps> are uh, winners and Trump at this point, listener, has not conceded yet. Mm-hmm. So we are just waiting non-patiently for that. <laughs> uh, the recount happened and I mean, we didn't even need a recount truthfully, but it, the recount did happen and it's still proving that Biden is winning. So, you know... Whatever, but Kamala's speech was so perfect. This timing was so perfect also for this episode because it is the Boys Club episode. I have so, so many similarities between the two. I'm so excited about it. Uh, uh, oh, my God. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. My most favorite line of her speech was, you know, I may be the first mm. woman president, but I'm not the last. Yeah. Or woman vice, vice president. president. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I was projecting. <laughs> But yes, but I won't be the last. So right. that was the best. No, I, I was going to tell you, I straight up cried in that speech. I'm not like a super emotional person, but um, my boyfriend and I were sitting in the office at work and we were watching both of their speeches and I started getting teary. Like, and I was like, I did not know that I felt this way. But, you know, we we grew up in a much better time than our mom's for Mm -hmm. women equality, but it's still not there. And I still had boys in my like elementary school and stuff, like basically telling me I couldn't do something because I was a girl. So I think there's just that like underlying, like, oh my gosh, like she did it. Like we, we've done it. Like it took, like, I loved what (sighs) Biden said, right? It's taken way too long for us to have a Mm -hmm. woman in that seat, you know, like, yeah, it's actually insanity. Yeah. It's crazy. Like how many wars would we have not gotten into? If a woman was in charge. Can I just say that? <laughs> My mom says that to me all the time, and I agree so much. <laughs> like, Okay, so... I'm going to start really fast uh, with my recap from the last episode, if you're ready. Yes, let's do it. I looked up recycling in Arizona. (laughs) Yay! Oh, my gosh. Lay it on me. (laughs) So last time we talked about how Anne was uh, curious as to whether she ever got her recycling bin. And and then that started the conversation of, is there recycling in Arizona uh, and in certain places? So there are – okay – 
there's recycling in certain cities in Arizona, um, okay. mostly mostly Phoenix, but there are also these things called eco stations in Phoenix where you can go drop off your recycling uh, as opposed to it being picked up. Mm. I did find all of this on the Public Works Department website, so I was really uh, excited because it definitely went into uh, our show. Yes. <laughs> it all connected. <laughs> um, so the website... Uh, is just phoenix.gov, but it has a lot of other cities how you can get recycling bins and what areas you can take your recycling to if you if it's not available to get a bin for you. But so I'll tell you all the cities. It says Phoenix, El Mirage, Glendale, Goodyear, Mesa, Peoria, Queen Creek, uh, and City of Scottsdale. Now to be careful. It all says city of Phoenix or town of Queen Creek. So I'm sure it has to be within an actual city you know, limits. boundary line. City limits, right. yes. So, yeah, there's that. And then I also found a bunch of um, articles about how even though people recycle, a lot of the times America can't – or not America. Um, China is the one that, that accepts a lot of our recyclables, most of our recyclables. Like we hmm. ship it to China and they recycle it. And a lot of the time they can't accept it. Because of all the contaminants that are still in the cans and stuff. So just a friendly reminder that if you have food scraps or like salsa still in your jar or like peanut butter still in the can or whatever, try to rinse it out as best as you can. Because sometimes they have to dispose of those things uh, that you are recycling. And it takes like so much money because it costs them a lot of time and resources to sort out and throw out all the shit that is not recyclable that people have thrown in the recycling bin uh so that's kind of why they don't do it as much or like that there's not as many sites to recycle because it's expensive so i'm sure that there's other i didn't look into like research and data of how you can make this more manageable i'm sure there's cities and states and countries that have made it you know more efficient but uh that is what i found out so you can ask them how to get a recycling bin you can email them i don't know how great they are at responding i didn't i was going to as just like a test but then i didn't i was like oh i'll let them do that if they need to but you might be in the same boat as Anne and never get it so who knows who knows (laughs) yeah no but that is good to know and none of those cities are me And I'm really surprised Flagstaff doesn't recycle because they are pretty, like, that's the bluest part of our state Hmm. (laughs) is Hmm. Flagstaff. So it's interesting. Just thought I would share that with everybody. (laughs) Yeah. Love it. Okay. Season one, episode four, Boys Club. Woo! Okay. So this was written by Alan Yang, directed by Michael McCullers. Uh, Notes on this crew. Alan Yang is the bass player in Andy's band, number one. Um, so, uh, and then he also was a producer on The Good Place, which is another Mike Scher show. Love The Good Place. So delicious and beautiful. Kristen Bell is, I love her. She's so perfect and lovely and multi-talented in her personality. Every time I see interviews with her, I just, she's such a good person. You know how I know that my boyfriend has really good taste? (laughs) She she is his, his celebrity crush. Like... (laughs) Of course. If he could move to L.A. She's my and be celebrity someone, crush. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> like, I love her. So I'm oh. like, you've got good taste, man. She's great. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
Okay, so Michael McCullers was the director. He's a huge writer. Uh, I didn't realize, but he was an SNL writer, which we all know this team is SNL friendly. Uh, uh-huh. But he also uh, worked on Baby Mama, which is the movie that Tina Fey and Amy Poehler are in. And the thing that really freaked me out about him was that he co-wrote uh, Austin Powers. Right? Isn't that crazy? It's not. I have no uh, idea. He wrote Spy Who Shagged Me and Goldmember. So they must have, Mike, Michael McCullers, this director, must have been friends uh, with Mike Myers, who plays Austin Powers and all of the other things in Austin Powers. Uh, From SNL, maybe. They must have been friends on SNL, yeah. Yeah. And so they wrote that together. He also uh, co-wrote Undercover Brother. Have you ever seen that movie? No. Oh, oh my God. It's so good. It's kind of like an Austin Powers, but better. (laughs) And Neil Patrick Harris is in it as well for a brief moment. It's hilarious. Uh, But so we've got a great comedy team here with Alan Yang and Michael McCullers. They are choice. Yeah, I thought that was that was probably the most star studded director writer grouping we've gotten since probably Mike Schur and Greg Daniels wrote the first one. That's a pretty hefty resume. Mm hmm. So, and I was going to say, I don't know if it's for this episode, but Alan Yang was nominated for an Emmy for one of the episodes he wrote for Parks and Rec. And I'm not sure which one, but that's where he got his first Emmy nomination. Oh my gosh. Good for him. Yeah. That's awesome. It is. Well, on this week's commentary, we've got Greg Daniels, who's the co-creator, obviously. Mike Schur, uh, co-creator slash producer. Well, and Greg Daniels is a producer, too. We've got Chris Pratt, who plays Andy. Yes. Alan Yang, the writer. Nick Offerman, um, who plays Ron. Uh, and then we've got Dan Gore, who's a writer on the show. Uh, we've seen his writing as well uh, already this season. Uh, but Greg Daniels, really funny. Uh, as we get into it, I'll tell you more about it. But Greg Daniels literally only came on the commentary at the beginning to talk about the cold open because he was so passionate about it. He doesn't talk about the rest of the show on the commentary. He just pops in to talk about the comment, the o- cold open. <laughs> oh, my gosh. That's great. I can't wait to get to the cold open. Yay. Well, you ready for a summary then? Mm-hmm. Here we go. All right. Yes. In this episode, the Parks and Recreation Department receives a gift basket of wine and cheese, which they are not allowed to eat as it is over $25. So Leslie hides it under her desk for safekeeping. Towards the end of the workday, Leslie and Anne decide to join Mark and friends in the courtyard for some beers. Hashtag boys club. Once the beer runs out, Leslie makes the decision of breaking in to some of the wine and cheese basket to keep the fun going. A video emerges the next day of April, a minor, drinking the wine. When the video gets out, a disciplinary hearing and apology video are in store for Leslie, which leads to a letter being placed in her file. On the side, we see Andy cleaning up the messy house for Anne. Yay! Oh my gosh, so good, Maddie. Boom. Yay! Okay, lovely. Well, should we talk about the cold open? I think we should. And I have a question. I'm not sure if you learned this in the commentary, but this was my first thought. Is this the same location as the, is it? As the one from last class? I literally wrote that too. It didn't say that in the commentary, but that was my first thing that I noticed. That this has to be the same trail gravel thing as the nature hike. Right. Exactly. Right. Like, why would you not kill two birds with one stone. I went back and watched the cold open of the last episode as well. And it looks exactly the same. It totally has to be. Yeah. I can't imagine it not being. Yeah. 
yeah, yeah. yeah. They didn't even like change because I was going to say maybe if it was like even just a little bit of a difference in the trail, like if one was gravel and one was dirt, then maybe. But like, no, they didn't. <laughs> it looked no, exactly it, the same. It To me, if you go back and watch the cold open from last week's episode, to me, it looks like when Leslie's doing the talking head and I mentioned that in the back, Jerry was trying to get something out mm-hmm. of a tree. I think it's the same place where that talking head happens is where this dog poop fight is happening. (laughs) Like, also, who just does this? Like, whose brain goes, look, dog poop in trash can. Let's hurl it at each other. Like, I guess boys do. (laughs) (laughs) Because I was like, that was disgusting. And I feel like, honestly... Mo- in most situations, I'm like Leslie. I'm going to be like, okay, what are we playing? I'm so involved. Like, let's do it. I want to play. But I was with Tom on this. I'm like, yeah, I'm not not about to be hurling dog poop or getting hit with right. dog poop. So I'm a, I'm a peace out. It smells so bad. <laughs> Speaking <laughs> right. as the mother well, of two dogs. I don't think dogs. she like, wanted to play, though, but I understand no. what you're saying. I totally, yeah. Because she, she joins she was, in. <laughs> she was going over there to stop it. My funny thing is, one of my notes was that she did not... Uh, believe that it was real. She was like, we got a call, right. but I don't believe it. And then she saw, she's like, oh my God, it's real. It's a thing. It's real. <laughs> I have that line written down. Oh my God, it's real. Uh, yes, it's so hilarious. So for those of you who haven't watched this episode in a while, this is where they're having a poop fight. Someone called them, uh, the parks department, and said there's kids that are digging poop out of the trash can, um, like dog poop, in the bags that people have thrown away from their dogs walking, or, or walking their dogs, and they're throwing at each other and having these poop fights. <laughs> it's in just the commentary, gross. though, I have to, I'm going to tell you about the commentary now. Yes. Okay. It's a commentary what? A commentary break. A commentary who? A commentary break. What? Yeah. So, again, like I said, it was all Greg Daniels. Apparently okay. he said that this is very near and dear to his heart. <laughs> For whatever reason. <laughs> um, and he said lots of other people <laughs> thought it was in bad taste, but he really wanted to do it. And he said, he said that Alan Yang, the writer of this episode, had nothing to do with it. So <laughs> like, saying that more of like as protection to Alan Yang. <laughs> right. Because Alan's like, I don't want to be known for the dog poop fight thing. Okay. <laughs> um, the thing that was in the bags is mashed potatoes. Okay, so thank you for that. So they put mashed potatoes in the poop bags. Um, yeah. <laughs> and also this was, uh, that. what's funny about this cold open, and I think a lot of cold opens are like this uh, at the end of the day, but it was tacked on at the end instead of like planned, written, and the script beforehand. So okay. it was something that they thought, they thought of at the end of this episode. But I don't know why he had this idea. He doesn't really talk about why, but uh, he did use the word apotheosis. Do you know what that means? I don't. I meant to look it up. Here, let me look it up right now. Apotheosis. He was like, it's really an apotheosis for me. The highest point in the development of something. Wow. (laughs) It was a joke. That's why he said it. Okay, I get it. (laughs) Okay. It's like, dude, though. It says the highest point in the development or culmination or climax. So this was the peak point of Leslie Nope. (laughs) That's why my <laughs> gosh. I can't even what though. A heightened joke. Damn. Oh, wow. Lord. Yeah. I don't know. I just, my, my other question is like, what was the plan? Like, I know she didn't think it was real. Right. But now it's like real. And yeah. sh- the plan is to walk over with the top of a trash can <laughs> as a shield. And, and like, I don't know. How are you going to stop teenage boys from doing Like, 
I mean, I don't have experience. I haven't like parented a teenage boy, but like, how do you do that? How do you stop a teenage boy from throwing dog poop? Like, I, do I just not. don't know what the plan was. No, I think the way that she handled it was probably the only way <laughs> to, <laughs> to beat them at their own game. <laughs> right. And, and she was she pretty good at it. I was going to say, since she had the shield, she was doing so well. So funny. Yeah, she was great. <laughs> okay, oh, man. Made me so this happy. <laughs> uh, I, I get note, it now. She had just given. Um, so I've been reading the book. Yes, please. And oh, that book is so good. Oh, it's amazing. So I've been reading this book. Uh, I've been rereading it, I should say, because I've already read it. And, you know, the libraries are shut down. Um, I think you can check out books on the website and then go pick them up. But I haven't done that yet. So I've been rereading all the books that I own. And Yes, Please is one of them. And uh, she said that she just gave birth to her first son in this season. So he was three months old when she started working on Parks and Rec. So just as a little tidbit of Amy Poehler. How uh, old are her sons? Like, how far apart are they? Because I thought I read somewhere as well that she they they tried to squish the first two seasons together. Mm. Oh, it may be her second son because they tried to. I think they tried to finish the second season really fast so they could give her a really long maternity leave before they had to start um, oh. re- recording the third season. Maybe so. I'll, we'll have to look. So that they up. could be pretty. Yeah. Okay, that'll be on my recap for the next episode. (laughs) Perfect. Yeah, because I I thought you were going to say the same thing I was, but that we have different points here. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's just amazed me in general that I mean, women already always surprise me, but then like to hear that she had a three month old baby at home was just like, oh my god, and doing this amazing work is. Women are just superheroes. It's gnarly. That's true. But, but yeah, if you haven't read Yes, Please, you should look into that book. And it explains so much about uh, UCB, the Upright Citizens Brigade that she started. Every single one of the original members of UCB has been in Parks and Rec. We'll get there when we get there. You've already seen Ian Roberts in the first episode. He was the one that um, was sad, or not sad, mad about people yelling profanities in the park. Right. <laughs> in the middle school. Uh, and then you'll see the other two a little bit later. Perfect. And it'll surprise you. I think for me, it surprised me who they are. I was like, oh, okay. I would never have guessed that. But I don't know. I'm not going to look it up. Don't do it. Because I want to <laughs> I want to be surprised. I was going to Although tell I've you already this episode... read the book. I just forgot. Right. 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 Yeah. Anyway. OK. What, do you, what else do you have? The one thing I wanted to say is more kids showed up to throw dog poop at each other than for the nature hike. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's much and that cracked than... me up a little bit. <laughs> Totally. That's much more fun than learning about plants. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. Yeah. Did you did you find out in the commentary where this park was? Mm-mm, they didn't mention it. They didn't say where it was. Now that I know that recap uh, is a segment that we do. <laughs> yeah. I'm making notes of what we have to look up. Where was dog poop fight? <laughs> Love it. So we're going straight to City Hall now. Mm-hmm. Uh, where we we start with um, Donna, Jerry, Tom around the table, and they just got this gift basket, mm-hmm. and it's from a construction company. And that's the first time I've heard that it was from a construction ca- company. Like I know that the gift bag has been a thing, but that's the first time I found out that it was from a construction company. Mm-hmm. Norton Construction, so, which is yes. a very good choice. Lots of uh, well, not. I guess good is a weird word, but it's a very common choice for the government because there's so many government contractors out there Mm. for the buildings that people that the government wants to build and permits that, you know, all that stuff. Um, So construction companies work very frequently with the government 
to get those things built. Right. Yeah, that's perfect. But I did look up that if that is a true thing, that governments cannot accept gifts worth $25 or more. And I found mm. uh, a bunch of different legal websites that that is true, that they can't accept gifts that are worth a lot of money. Usually it depends on the state and the city. Uh, sometimes you can accept it if it's lower than that amount, um, but a lot of times you can't. It also depends on which part of the government it is too, uh, because mm. sometimes, you know, certain departments are allowed to accept things that maybe other departments aren't. And uh, I was talking to my sister about this, too, because she works for the government, and she says that it's that's a very real thing. Um, and a lot of times, like, why you can't have, like, parties or whatever is because the government can't be paying for alcohol to give to employees, <laughs> you know, like that kind of thing. Right. Um, but it's a weird situation where you know it's not illegal for someone to give the government something but it's illegal for them to accept it so they'll either have okay. to turn it in or brooklyn said my sister's name is brooklyn brooklyn said that um you can they have auctions sometimes like the government will have auctions for things that people have given to them so they'll keep everything and then they'll auction it off so it's not t it's like yeah anyway cool but yeah, so it's very intriguing. I mean, so if the usually if the gift is valued at $20 or less, so long as the gift is not cash and the employee accepts no more than $50 in gifts from this and it has to it's like they some people measure it in a calendar year of the amount of gifts that you get. So anyway, long story short, I'll probably cut most of that out, but <laughs> It is a real rule in the government that you cannot accept gifts. Yeah, I think that's fair. Like mm -hmm. like Leslie says, like it stops corruption. Exactly. So like a construction Not company isn't. Right, exactly. So that's perfect. There was a um, really, really wonderful deleted scene uh, about the construction oh, yes. company where I really wish that they left it in because uh, it didn't really solve too much, but it was fucking hilarious. Um, basically, Leslie takes it back to the construction company and says, hey, we got this uh, wine basket and I bought another one and, you know, gave it back to you. And she was like, well, the lady at the construction company was like, well, why don't you just give back the one that we gave you and she was like it's not important <laughs> and oh and my then, gosh that's funny <laughs> and the lady who played the receptionist at the construction company was so funny i should have looked her up but i loved her and i'm sad that th her scene got cut but that happens a lot of times where you're in a scene um in a show and then it gets cut out but regardless they she so Leslie gives this construction company back the wine and and cheese basket and then she comes outside and has a talking head where she's like you know I think I did the right thing everything is better now that I gave it back and the camera zooms in on the lady at the construction uh company like through the glass and the construction company lady is like taking the wine out of the basket and putting it in her purse and like stealing oh everything gosh. that was in the basket it's so funny and Dang, oh my gosh I, I want to see that put that in but. It was so funny. Yeah, I got to look that up. Yeah, that would be great to keep that in there. I know. It was, it was a long scene, so I get why they cut it, but... Yeah. Did you hear the line about the Great Lakes wine? No. Jerry was like, oh, love Great Lakes wine. Oh. That's in the gift basket? Yes. Yes. And I was and like, what is, great... <laughs> what is that? Don't, did and... you look it up? Yeah, I looked it up. And there, there's not Great Lakes wine, but there is a Great Lakes wine and spirits liquor store in Michigan. Okay. So if you're in Highland Park, Michigan, <laughs> 
It's on Victor Street, and it's about four hours from Indiana. So uh, just letting everyone know. Yeah, and I don't think Jerry leaves Indiana, so. Right. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that comment about the Great Lakes wine leads us right to the very disgusting comment on uh, Tom saying that he's going to take the cheese and do terrible things to it. <laughs> I know. What the and F? I'm like, why did we get sexual with cheese? Because <laughs> it's Tom. <laughs> yeah. So I was just like. But sometimes I think of. No, I guess I don't say it sexually. I would say sometimes if I see something that I really want to eat, I think of, like, I'll use the word, like, demolish. Like, I'm going to demolish that. But it's not sexually. <laughs> no. <laughs> Behold the but conversation. that reminds me of Monica and Friends where she... <laughs> Where she has a scene where she's eating this cake and she's like making all these almost sex noises as she's eating it. And Chandler's <laughs> like, would you choose food or sex if you had the choice? Or somebody asks that. And oh, she's yeah. like, food she's like, immediately. Food. <laughs> she's like, I think I could show this cake a good time. Yeah. <laughs> so that is, I think, a very common joke. Just FYI, two yeah. bad things to food. <laughs> in TV anyway. Yeah. Yeah, I don't use it in my daily day to day, and mm. no judgment if any of you do. I'd love to hear <laughs> if you have similar situation. Also, Donna, oh my gosh, she can mm. say so much with one sound or facial expression. She's so amazing. Um, yeah, Leslie said something about how she goes to a different city to rent a movie with nudity in it because yep. of the because <laughs> of corruption and just you know in general whatever. Uh, and Donna's like, hmm. She doesn't even say anything, and she just makes right. a little noise, and you hear so much context with that, and <laughs> exactly. that is just so Donna. I love it. Yeah, she Retta does a great job in that. Mm-hmm. I mean, and look, they've given her nothing in this episode, right? They haven't even reached her full potent- potential, and she's already, like, given it to us. It's great. I love her. Yes, she has so many facial expressions in this episode. It's lovely and perfect. She's so good. Well, I did a thing, and I took <laughs> a I, – I paused the episode – when we are at this table because mm-hmm. I was, I was like, okay, what's on the wall? Mm. Because I'm very intrigued. So what is it? there is an adopt a park poster. Cute. Now there, there's one next to Ron's office. And then there's actually another one over by on the bulletin board, mm-hmm. kind of towards the entrance. Um, not quite sure how that would work. Is it kind of like adopt a highway? Like you would pay and then the park's named after you. That would, mm. that would be my guess. But I don't have fancy technology to like zoom in and actually see what it said. Right, um, right, right, right. But there is also a sign next to Ron's door that says documents are for the shredder only, not garbage. <gasps> yeah, that was so, in the last episode, remember? Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. yeah. But now, now I was Where thinking. We talked about like putting like, banana peels in there. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Uh, I like the thing about that is what is important enough in the parks department that you're, you can't just throw it away. You know, it's interesting because like for like a budget department or something like the financial department or anything, I would kind of understand that. But I'm wondering like what parks information do they have that Mm. they need to shred for safety? Top secret (laughs) soil (laughs) (laughs) ingredients. (laughs) Oh my god! The calendar of when to change flowers? Question mark. (laughs) Yep. We should oh really ask that. I really want to find somebody for next season, uh, like at one of our local park departments and see if they'll talk to us about like what it's like to work in the in a parks department. That'd be really cool. But good finds. Yes. Um, there's also a deck of cards on the table. Mm. So they're not even working. 
when they get this basket. They're just sitting there playing cards. Um, and then there's also a piece of paper. You know how they have those kind of like fold out things that hang on the wall? Mm-hmm. I'm not going to explain this right for podcasting, but it's like a wooden thing and then it has flaps, kind of like a folder. So there can oh, be yeah. Yeah, handouts yeah. in each flap. Yeah. And one of them is become a park guide. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah, so they let civilians do that. It doesn't just have to be somebody that works in the works there. In the department, yeah. Yeah. No, I know what you're talking about, like the little mailbox things that are outside of teachers' rooms sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Cool. I I wonder what that would be like being a park guide. Maybe they have events at the parks and stuff or something. Could be. I'm not sure. Maybe it's like the nature hikes. (laughs) Right, right, exactly. (laughs) Um, We have Dapper Tom here, too. (gasps) Ooh. Right, he's back in the suit. Yes. No polo, but but we do have a bright tie. It's like an orange, a, a pretty bright orange. It's it's a little pale on some of the stripes, but it's 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 there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but then I think we go back to a shirt, like a Lacoste shirt, a we little do. bit later. Ugh. Yep, I have it time stamped. <laughs> <laughs> We're back in a polo shirt. Yeah. So that's Tom's mo right now. He's got to have one scene or one part of the day or one day of the week, maybe where he's being dapper and then one time when he's just like okay lacoste shirt it is <laughs> right this is all that fits me today mm-hmm. <laughs> also this is the wine and cheese club um i'm trying not to skip ahead too much and like think about people's characters or anything like before right. we get there so that i can just see it yeah. as what it is but this is the wine and cheese club donna jerry and tom when they're complaining to ron uh and he has and he's listening to his willie nelson song in his uh, right <laughs> So I thought that was really Uh, hilarious that they have wine and cheese and it's them three around the table. Yeah, Um, that's perfect. Also, did they think about Tom and Jerry the cartoon at all when they named these characters? I I don't know. That's a good, good question. That is a very good question. I'm trying to think how often we hear their names together, Mm. but they would have like caught it early enough, Mm -hmm. you know? Right. I don't Eh. know. We have a little moment, which is kind of a flashback to that episode when Tom is like, well, if you give my wife the suits and they don't fit her, she'll give them to me. So he's like beating around the bush of corruption, right? And he's like, no, I'm like, I'm honest. And he's like flipping his badge just to get first in line to get a hot dog. Right. You know, I was like, all right. Oh my God. Sorry, little You're girl. Weird. You can have the next one. He's like, you know, people tell me this is a great line. It's not my line of the episode, but um, you're like a brown Superman with a beard who stands for justice and truth and the American way. <laughs> that is a good line. Just like, okay. Which, it's so funny that he describes himself like that. Mm-hmm. It's great. Yep, he's got some confidence, that one. Or maybe it's just oh, overcompensating. Yeah. Probably that's more of what it is. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Oh, man. But I don't know if you noticed this, but Leslie takes the gift back basket, right? And she's mm-hmm. like, listen, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lock... She says, I am going to lock this up. Mm-hmm. She straight up... Does not lock it up. It's sitting under her desk, and, like, the next shot is it's poking out of the bottom of her desk. <laughs> right. Like, it's just, yeah, so, like, lock- an immediate, yeah, definitely Yeah, maybe she thinks up. that she's going to lock her door later, but, no, they can definitely get in there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, Tom sits right there. Right. The The next note I have is uh, following that, right, when we're seeing the, the basket poke out from her desk, and a- April, Tom... And Anne are there in Leslie's office with her looking at the website that April's created. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you felt this way, but I, I started getting like a little anxious with how close they were standing. Yes, they were like, all breathing on that? each other. Oh, my right. gosh. 
And I was like, would I have felt that way like a year ago? Or am I like, like conditioned for COVID now where it's just like, we're too like close together now. Everybody six feet, six feet. I know. know, No, I I think a lot of us have some PTSD slash like triggers whenever we see any TV show where people are standing close together or like laughing at each other, spitting on each other or whatever it is. Like it's insane when you look at at people now and you're like, oh my God. And you get anxiety just staring at them because you're like, you're going to (laughs) die. Right. Exactly. And it sucks because like, I want to hug people. I want to be able to sit near people. But like, I think, you know, we've, it's been so long now we're all like in masks all the time and Mm -hmm. supposed to be six feet apart and, so I think it just gave me anxiety seeing that. Yes, absolutely. You know, so I don't uh, know. I, I'm glad you felt the same way. Not glad because I don't want any of us to feel this way. But, you know, I felt a little less weird. You're not alone. Yeah. But I do. Speaking of them being around the computer, I love that she cuts mm-hmm. that ribbon to celebrate the unveiling of the social media profile around her computer. I'm going to start doing that whenever I like edit the I'm done editing yes. the podcast, I feel <laughs> <laughs> I'm just gonna like wrap a little ribbon or something around my computer and cut it. Love a good ribbon. Right. Cutting. I love. I loved that. I thought it was so Leslie too. Mm-hmm. Like it fits her so well to to do that. Absolutely. Um, when we're looking at the right, so they're like, okay, we're gonna look's profile, which I don't know why Tom is doing this. He looks up to Mark. We know that. Yeah. Right. So he he's like pulling Mark's thing up, and then it zooms in on the the screen. I have two things. So first of all. The pictures that are showing of Mark, it says six pictures of six. So I don't know if the... He only has six pictures? (laughs) Right. Either he he only has six pictures or the um, set design or, you know, the the people in charge of that, um, production design or whatever, they were like, let's only take six pictures (laughs) and put it up there, you know? Probably. Yeah. But I was just like, that was funny that it said that. But there's also a document open up on Leslie's computer. And <gasps> I'm very it? intrigued to know who it's for because you can't see the whole thing. You you only see like the first two words of every line. <gasps> but I, I stopped I love it that and catch. I looked and it said, I know it's about a man. So one of the lines says he has refused. The next one says he has called. Then he has dis- dissolved. He has endeavored. He has obstructed. So she's like pissed at someone and she is sending a document, but it, cause it's a document. It's not an email. It's like, it's a word doc. I'm like, Oh, who's this about? And why do we not know this side story? You know, uh-huh. I know it could be anyone really. It could be someone from the public who's like been on their nerves for a while. It could be a, an employee. That's a great catch. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to try to do that if we ever see screens, because I wonder what little nuggets they've tucked back there. Yes, I have um, I have a catch on a screen later, but uh, which yes. is funny. So, yes, we will talk about that. Um, I do I have it. something speaking of the social media page, though, really fast. It's a commentary mm-hmm. break. Uh, Mike Schur said that this was an uncomfortable moment with the photo shoot, and Alan Yang agreed uh, because they did they did an actual photo shoot. These right. were not stock images of the women in these uh, that it, in these photos that are Mark's friends, and so they were real women that were hired to be skanky. Was the joke? Oh my gosh! <laughs> On the commentary, which is so true. Um, yeah, because Alan Yang made a joke and he was like, yeah, um, it was kind of uncomfortable because, you know, the subtext of this was like, we hired you because you look skanky. Yikes. <laughs> it was so funny. Uh, but yeah, so 
that was all a photo shoot, which was wow. really yeah. interesting to me. So was it uncomfortable, the interaction with the actresses, or was it the whole photo shoot uncomfortable, did it sound like? It sounded, yeah, it sounded like they just meant, like, the whole photo shoot as a whole was kind of, like, funky when you actually mm. started to think about right. what they were doing. <laughs> you know, because you think of those pictures that you see from, you know, college years or, like, I guess maybe early 20s or something like that, which – why does Mark still right. have – he is a grown-ass man. Why does he have these pictures up? But later he does say that he's not really friends with him anymore, which uh, I don't know if that's true. But regardless, um, <laughs> uh, you know, you see those photos on anyone's profile and you're like, oh, this is who you used to be or who you are. And so to hire someone to right. recreate those photos, I feel, would be oh yeah, very sure. awkward. I agree. <laughs> But just so weird. I love this, like, personality, or not personality, I guess, but this character of who they're building Mark to be, you know, which we already know that he's a womanizer. But, like, now I think we're more tangibly seeing all the, like, gals that he hangs out with. So, uh, also, I don't know. I feel like if I was Mark, I was thinking about this. I don't know if I would be friends with the Parks page because boundaries. Like, there are a lot of people who have requested me from work on Facebook, and I have not accepted them. I mean, there are some people that I have. There's a line. Like, especially if they're higher ups, I feel there's a line I, uh, that are, and like, I just like don't want them to see my Facebook. Um, even though I don't really post on my personal page, I more so post on like the business page that I have anyway. Um, but I don't know. I just like, especially if you know that your profile, like Mark has all these like yeah. naked ladies on there, like you should not have a tie to yeah, the government no. <laughs> from that your was a, page. Not the best choice. <laughs> not the best but, choice. Right, but he just wants to show off all the babes. So, but I thought about that about like I've definitely had people request me that I work with, and I'm like, no, I'm okay. <laughs> We're gonna keep this separate. Well, there's a line here, and I struggled. I struggled really hard choosing between this line and another one, but I think I think I'm choosing the other one because it's relatable to me okay. personally. But this one yeah. is when they are looking at um, all these pictures of Mark and Leslie's like, well, maybe it's his, his cousins or something. And Anne says, yeah, maybe fake boobs run in his family. <laughs> that is so a phenomenal good. line. I laughed out loud at that. And the way Rashida presents it and acts it is so well done like so sarcastic but like loving at the same time (laughs) like you know like respectful to leslie but sarcastic and kind of a a jab at mark yeah (laughs) i thought that line was so good oh man when she first mentions the boys club we go out into the hallway with all the pictures of the city councilman Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. i had the wall of men yes and I had the biggest deja vu of that amazing picture that went around of Kamala standing oh. next to all those pictures of like previous vice presidents. And I was yes. just like, oh, my gosh, like this is so this is so cool. Monumental, that, pivotal, iconic, yeah, monumental. And like, I mean, regardless of where you stand politically, anyone that's listening, regardless of whether you like her or hate her. It's a big step for women that we have a woman in that position starting in Mm -hmm. January. So I think, you know, that was just really empowering and like really cool to see. Like Leslie, I feel like was this this commercial view of a politician that was a woman and strong and trying to fight against, you know, and be a a rule like a 
I don't know, like change the world being a woman and like, you know, mm-hmm. be a leader as a woman. Yeah. So we saw that on TV and I've always loved Leslie's character for that, for that reason. Right. We've talked about it before. Yeah. She has the best lines and like the best outlook on how to be a strong, independent woman. And now mm-hmm. we have a real version, like a woman in that powerful place standing up against all these men. And it's really cool. Like, I know there are other women in government. Yeah. But that title just holds a lot of power so right did you see did i already say this about julia louis dreyfus's tweet no. did i say this already no. to you i don't think okay uh she in so she julia louis dreyfus plays the vice president in veep she plays veep um and her she had a tweet that said madam vice president is no longer a fictional character mm. oh it was so perfect and beautiful uh and yeah i think that's something that we uh definitely a lot of americans haven't really been focusing on that how actually monumental this right. is because we've been focusing on the dumbass that's currently not conceding <laughs> so all of our mind has been changing or not changing not focusing on how intense this is um you know what yeah. i mean like we've just been focused on uh who's gonna win the presidential campaign and that this presidential election was not really about the person, but it was about the ideals that the person upholds right. more so. Um, you were voting for democracy or you were voting for uh, authoritarianism. Like that's kind of what the election was came down to at this point, And that was what everyone was focusing on. And so I think a lot of us kind of let that slide over us that now this is historic. Right. This is a huge historic moment. Huge. Yeah. Yeah, as we talked about at the beginning, too, so, like, really emotional and, it's and a per- real. And she's a person of color yeah. and for a, a daughter of immigrants. Like, it's a lot of boxes that have been checked oh, yeah. off that are – and she worked really hard to get where she was uh, and I, I just – or where she is, and um, I love it. I do, too. I, I Yeah, I'm a huge, huge about it, and I love this, like, comparison that we can make between Leslie and her this week, so – it's cool. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's also really important, just like Leslie, I mean, Kamala and Leslie both have flaws, too. It's right. not like we're saying that they have been perfect every step of the way. You know, you make mistakes, you learn, you grow, you lead. Uh, and so I think that that is something that I really appreciate that they show in this show as well, that she, you know, messes up a few times or she, like, misses the mark or she's overambitious to, or whatever mm-hmm. it is. Um, you know, it's not like we're saying that you have to be perfect, but you have to try right, <laughs> to make the world a better place. And that's what both of these women have done. Right. Yeah, I agree. Awesome. Yeah. I have a little commentary break about the wall of men, if you are ready for it. Yes, (laughs) please. The creepy guy on the wall that Leslie says, like, follows her boobs wherever she walks. (laughs) His name is Norm Hiscock, and he's a real person. He's a writer on the show. Oh, my gosh. He actually... (laughs) That's hilarious. He actually wrote Rock Show, the episode Rock Show. Yeah. And then Morgan Sackett is also on the wall of men, um, who is a producer on the show. Uh, He is right above Norm Hiscock. So they used real people, which I thought was really cute. Uh, I don't know who the other people were. But but I thought it was really cool that the creepy guy was like a real live. Someone she probably talks to. (laughs) Right, exactly. It's perfect. I love that. I love this when when Leslie brings this up that she wants to go outside like or Anne asks what they're Mm -hmm. doing out there right which why is Anne like where's Mark maybe because he's part of the committee the subcommittee but Mm. she's like where's Mark yeah she says where where is Mark 
because he's not there. But I'm, I'm uh, figuring now, I was like, well, why is she interested? But now I'm thinking, I'm wondering if it's because they were kind of meeting as the subcommittee and he wasn't there. Sure. Yeah, you're, yeah. I think you're right. But, you know, Leslie says they're divvying up the empire and it cuts out to the courtyard. And the guy is like, my wife got me this shirt. She swears it makes me look thinner. <laughs> and, and Mark's like, it kind of does. <laughs> I, w- I noticed that line today when I was rewatching it again. I was like, what the right. heck? Well, it reminds me of that meme that's out there, right? That's like a woman and man laying in bed. And the woman's like, he's probably thinking about another woman. And he's like, well, I wonder if the Eagles will go to the, the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> you know, it's like they're never. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's completely different right. pages. <laughs> exactly. So, you know, Leslie's like, well, they're just, you know, they're probably talking politics and how to move up in the government. And no, they're just like comment. They're drinking and commenting on clothing. So um, yes, I just love that. So and funny. I love how she's like, listen, well, we're going to go do it. Let's go out there and and tear it up like we'll be part of it i loved that that she took the initiative and she leaves saying april you're in charge and it's because you're a woman and i was like <laughs> yeah. end end yes, episode boom mm-hmm. i love it yeah i loved that i did too and then april's look is like love it as i was watching this though i have two things to say number one i cannot get over that that courtyard is a sound i know it's really well done like i'm so shocked by it it looks so good yeah it does i didn't notice any pigeons though i I did you did i time stamped them girl maddie i wasn't i got you thank you for looking out for me because i was so not focused on that oh my god okay tell me everything I got you. Okay. I failed. I got to skip forward a little bit. Okay. <laughs> no, you didn't fail. Um, so um, we have some pigeons. And there is a point in time where at four minutes and 41 seconds, uh-huh. I believe that one of them looks real like they might be moving. And the other one looks like it's fake. Because okay. even even in the next shot, we see its tail and it's for like a good solid like five seconds and we don't see it move at all Mm -hmm. so i'm thinking there's some fake in the background of them talking okay because they probably it took a long time probably to shoot those but they are 100 percent real at four minutes and 55 seconds through leslie's talking head Mm -hmm. unless they have really really realistic robotic pigeons but i completely i completely believe those are real at four minutes and 55 seconds Whenever Leslie's doing her talking head, right? Because it did, probably did not take quite as long to do Leslie's talking head as right. it did to do all their talking scenes. Scene. And those pigeons look real. They're like getting down in the dirt and stuff like that. I, I didn't hear any of them, okay. but I saw them moving. Okay. Well, yeah. I'm convinced that the conclusion of the one line that Greg Daniels said in his commentary, like the very first or second fucking episode that I have been attached to and cannot let go for whatever reason about him saying that, like, you know, the editing, the sound of the of the pigeons uh, doesn't match where the pigeons actually are. I'm can and I took that to mean like, oh, well, the pigeons are probably fake, but I'm pretty positive that what that means is that they shot the scene, the pigeons were cooing, and then when they had to edit the talk heads they didn't like the audio just didn't match up and so uh uh, with the video so i'm pretty positive that's what um is going on here but uh this i honestly would be bless you would be (laughs) maddie sneezed (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm very I keep quiet, so I don't. I don't like. But Ivan tells me not to do that. He's like, "You're gonna get a brain aneurysm." <gasps> Is that what happens? You can. There have been people that have like stopped their sneezes and then like it's burst something in their <gasps> forehead or something. Yeah, it's bad. Oh my god! So I probably shouldn't do it, but I didn't want to interrupt your thought because no, I wanted PSA. to hear it. But I can't not say bless you. So oh, that's I true. Did it to myself, I did. I did know this about you, so I should have just sneezed. <laughs> Well, okay. Anyway, so uh, well, now I could die. <laughs> oh my lanta! Okay. Well, anyways, so that's what I'm convinced about with the pigeons. But you know, I don't care. It'll happen when it happens uh, if we see it. But okay. So that was the first thing that I was talking about was that I can't believe that the courtyard yep. is a soundstage. Secondly, I did write as I was watching this. I was like, um are you allowed to drink on government property like why is that a thing and then i was like i guess if no one catches you like it doesn't matter but yeah that's a big deal that you're not supposed to yeah you definitely shouldn't like you shouldn't drink on school properties even if you're of age Mm -hmm. like you shouldn't drink on government like there's a lot of places you shouldn't be drinking yeah 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 yeah, yeah. (laughs) that i'm sure people just seem to be so casual about it i was like is this okay why do you not care but i guess that was the point right well and i think we learn later right that nobody actually knows that they're doing it right that's true that's true so yeah ron knows but ron doesn't give a shit yeah ron is like almost encouraging of it because it's not government work (laughs) right (laughs) but um mark seems glad to have them i felt like when he said that whole thing of like you know welcome let me get you a beer or whatever he was being nice and not being douchey i was pretty pretty excited about that watching that i was like he was very welcoming Mm -hmm. yeah I, I I really appreciated how he was. And when Leslie tr- started trying to introduce herself as the deputy director, he kind of cuts her off, right? Like, a, mm. we don't do that here. Just be you, <laughs> right. right? Like, be Leslie. Because she's always trying to be professional and put on the best, you know, the best side of herself. And sometimes you just yeah. need to have friends that you're like, they still see the best in you, but you're able to let loose and, and not yeah. be the deputy director of the park department you know yeah so yeah yeah, yeah totally yeah that i have another uh kamala and leslie uh merge here <laughs> as well okay tell me um there was a big like a picture that went around with of her too is that also said like make sure you're wearing shoes because there's mm-hmm. a bunch of glass right mm-hmm. left behind or oh, from the, the shattered Loved ceiling that right and in this episode leslie in her talking head says did you hear that that was the sound of glass ceiling being shattered I was like, that was a really funny thing where she like tips she over t- the table and all the beer right. bottles drop and smashes. And then she equates that to the glass ceiling shattering. That yes. And I want to fully live through this next line. She has look at those bitches clean up after me. <gasps> yes. Uh, I want to get that, that was, in a painting uh, in my kitchen oh my so that I have people that do dishes for me. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't decide whether that was my favorite. Li- I'll, I'll I have two, honestly, for for this episode. Okay. That was the first one that I saw. Oh my the, bad. Uh, I kind of <laughs> feel like I'm already in the boys' club. I mean, look at those bitches clean up after me. Mm-hmm. That is number one. But okay, so I hate to bring it down. Also, I have another commentary break. Well, the part that I bring down is on me. But I'll tell you. So the guy yeah. who plays Brian, the black guy at the in the courtyard, he was on Miller High Life yeah. commercials, which were super funny. I looked them up. You should totally look them up. He's really hilarious. I didn't know that. Um, but I looked it up later, and um, he died from a no. pulmonary embolism at 36 in 2015. Oh, my gosh. I did not I catch know. that, and I looked him his, up. 
Oh my God. I looked him up um, and I was just typing in his name. His name is, his first name is Wendell, which mm-hmm. RIP, pour one out for Wendell, you guys, because he was hilarious. And that's why, one of the reasons why I looked him up. I was like, who is that guy? Number one, he looks familiar, but number two, or sorry, number one, like he's amazing, but number two, right. he looks familiar. So, like, who is he? And then, so I was Googling his name. I just typed in his name. And the, the you know how Google, like, auto-types in something for you to complete your sentence? It right. said, uh, death. And I was like, no. what the fuck? So, yeah, six years. That was six years after he was in this episode was when he died. Wow. And he I was know. only 36. That sucks. Yep. Pulmonary embolism. Who would have thunk it? I know. Seriously. Well, and he was in other things, too, like uh, Hannah Montana, Sweet Life on Deck entourage and he was in season nine of scrubs (gasps) that's probably no season nine of scrubs but definitely season nine was the season that um is controversy for scrubs because it was like a reboot and not everyone Uh. loves it (laughs) but regardless regardless i remember seeing him in that show and i think i think now that you say sweet life i think that's where i saw him was sweet life of yeah uh, zach and cody or on deck or whatever the fuck that was definitely our time Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. yeah Oh, man. Which, by the way, speaking of Sweet Life of Zach and Cody, um, what's his face? Cole Sprouse uh, yeah. is on uh, Riverdale. And, oh, my yeah. God, he's amazing. We love him. He is from – he plays Jughead, and I'm in love with him. <laughs> <laughs> his Instagram well, is also really funny. And it's funny because he – his twin brother mm-hmm. – uh, Dylan. Thank you. I was going to say Zach, <laughs> and I'm like, that's not his real name, you dummy. <laughs> right. Um so, no, but he uh, he actually owns a meadery in New York now. He doesn't really do a lot of acting. He owns a meadery. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, I would really love to go drink his mead sometime because I do love yeah. mead. Yeah, right. Yeah, you de- you talked about that. Yeah. Uh, or you've talked about that before, not on the pod. But, um, yeah, but that's great. We'll, yeah, we'll definitely have to visit. Also, yeah. I said that Cole Sprouse's Instagram is funny is the word I used. I meant to say it was fun. Because <laughs> he takes a lot of photos. Um, huh. I just wanted to set the record straight there. Uh, and he's a good photographer, too. Oh, cool. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. That's fun. Yeah, that has nothing to do with Parks and Rec, so I'm very sorry. But uh, <laughs> Wendell Tangent. R.I.P. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Aw. That makes he me He was sad. great, though. He made me laugh. Yeah. The other guy is now in One Day at a Time, which I'm not sure if you've watched that. The, t- oh. the two main guys. I think this guy, uh, his name was Nate in the show. I don't think we know that. Um, but his name is Todd Grindle in real life and okay. he was i think the guy that wears the shirt and he's like my wife got me this and he uh he's in one day at a time on netflix which i've never seen okay. but it's a pretty big show so i thought to mention it yeah it's a huge show i i just remember uh it was a big deal because they were going to cancel it and everyone got really mad because they were like this is a uh, a show of um of immigrants like right and no, like hispanic uh, stories aren't really being told right now and what's her name uh the only reason i know about that show is because rita marino is oh, uh yeah. queen west side story queen uh musical theater queen in general and she's the star of one day at a time so that's i haven't really watched that show but um i've heard you know good things so I don't right know. it was revived right they didn't cancel mm-hmm. it yep. yeah you get that many people it's got to be it's got to be good i should give it a yeah. chance well there's this uh Anne that comes out and I don't know if it's I know! Mark that brings it out in her or not being around Andy or I don't know what it is, but she's given some sass to sass, Mark. Yeah. And I like and it. We are, we are getting some some of the Anne that we know and love from later seasons. So I don't know. I don't know if it's Mark being away from Andy. I don't know what it is that like brings this out in her. I'm thinking more like uh, if this was real life and not like 
that they told her to play it this way. But sure. um, I love that. And she brings up the daddy gr- daddy's girl tas- tattoo that both words are misspelled. Oh, my God. I have seen somebody with a daddy's girl tattoo and it wasn't misspelled but it was definitely I, it's just not my taste uh yeah not gonna judge you if you have that but i don't quite understand i feel like there are other ways to uh honor your father if you yeah. really truly are like a daddy's girl <laughs> yeah i'm sure that's what but, he wanted right is your daddy wanted you to get a tattoo like that right <laughs> Yeah, I loved this Anne, though. I love when um, Leslie is saying, I just felt like that was such a thing that I would do, or at least that I would say in my head, like when Anne is teasing Mark, like, yeah, and then Leslie's like, oh, I like this. This is banter. Oh, what are you going to say back? What are you going to say back? And And I feel like I would be Leslie in this. Be like, oh, (laughs) what will you say next? You go, Holly. What's your comeback? (laughs) (laughs) Weak sauce. There yeah. is uh, right. <laughs> weak sauce. There is also. Um, did you notice there was a scene when Mark, Anne, and Leslie are dancing? It's it's like Mark, yeah. and Anne. It's, it's like pretty very great. Awkward. I thought it was awkward. <laughs> I thought I wasn't sure if they were dancing or if he was like showing them a dance move because it looked like they were kind of mimicking him. Okay, so that might be what happened. But in the commentary, they said that that was just in between takes. Like, they didn't tell them to do that. That was just in between takes <gasps> that the camera caught. And so they put it in <laughs> after. Oh, I, oh, I want to go back and watch that to see that, like, it's just the three of them being them. That's so yeah, cool. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly being what friends. it was. They were just hanging out, shooting the shit, like, killing time but in between takes. And so they're like, let's just stay. I, I think I think Mark probably did, or Paul Schneider uh, probably did do that, like, have a dance that he was like let me show you this thing yeah <laughs> i just thought it looked so weird i was like what the fuck why is that right? what are they doing <laughs> what are you guys doing yeah uh, that's a good point i have to say mark actually seems to be pretty hurt here when Anne's digging on him mm. you know he's like well those aren't my friends anymore and you know leslie's kind of giving it to him and he's just he's kind of just not there anymore i'm like wondering does he really care what Anne thinks of him or Leslie, or, you know, because he does mm-hmm. seem hurt. I definitely think he cares what Anne thinks, because it seems like he, every time she comes in the office, she, like, wa- he wants to talk to her, is right. what I'm seeing as an audience member. But number two, I think that it could be real, though, that maybe he doesn't really talk to these women anymore, those women anymore. I think he's still a ladies' man and talks to lots of other women and sleeps with them two hours after having met them. Um, Shauna Molly Tweep. <laughs> But that's, I know, I don't feel, um, Shauna can do what she wants to do. It's fine. Um, But he is skanky, so it's fine. Uh, Anyway, (laughs) so maybe he really doesn't hang out with them. uh, And he just want to make that clear. Well, and I think we're seeing like a different side of him, right? Like he, through the next couple episodes, he's not really into that scene anymore. And like he does sleep Mm -hmm. with Shauna, but I think this might be the last time. And I think it might be because in the last episode we see... And kind of give him a hard time for it, right? Like, mm, mm. you know, he has to go through that interaction with Anne there of telling mm. Shauna, like, we're not a thing. And Anne's just kind of disappointed in him, I think. And I wonder if that's kind of the turnaround for Mark is like, I'm not I'm not that guy anymore. I want to be someone that's worthy of an Anne. Yeah, 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 yeah. Maybe so. Um, I also have a deep dive just a little bit. <gasps> yes. <laughs> so I in the commentary it. behind them in the courtyard they have a Werner's vending machine uh in the background which is a mm-hmm. ginger ale uh and i looked up what is Werner's, and i also looked up 
what even is ginger ale because <laughs> <laughs> okay so good. Basically, that's good because I like well, it but like what the heck is it <laughs> well yeah okay so it started out with me think like looking up Verner's and then there was this whole there's this whole fucking like ginger ale society situation like I'm not even joking you I'll what? have to post the website um that I found and it talks all about like the origin of ginger ale and Oh, anyways, so this one, Verner's, was like the original. Verner's came before Canada Dry. Uh, it oh, was wow. a ginger ale that started in Detroit. Uh, I don't know why I said it that way. That started in Detroit. <laughs> Detroit. <laughs> Detroit. <laughs> <laughs> My Virginia coming out. Little Detroit over here. Uh, so it's a northern Midwest type of ginger ale is what this Verner's is. Um, so it was filling out the Pawnee environment, I feel, right. um, you know. But so during Prohibition, okay, this was really how ginger ale started was because it was during Prohibition, they needed to create something that could mask the power of these strong liquors that were banned. So and people were hiding them and uh, kind of doing it under the table. Um, Mm -hmm. So they needed something to mix with this strong liquor. um, And it needed to be non alcoholic. And so the dry, I thought that maybe that meant the dry referred to you know, it not having alcohol in it because of prohibition. But right. uh, it's really just because it refers more to the carbonation because uh, Canada dry ginger ale was more carbonated so that it could mix easier with the liquors. Interesting. Um, yeah. Also, I found that some ginger ales didn't even have real ginger in them. They used this spice uh, or, well, it's a uh, – oh, my gosh. I looked up how to say it, but I forgot already. Capsicum. I think is how you pronounce it. C-A-P-S-I-C-U-M, capsicum. Uh, And it's like a red pepper, chili pepper situation. So that they could give the, the, they could give it that spiciness of the ginger. But so that's why like now ginger ales and especially Canada Dry says on the label like real ginger. Um, Yeah. So I thought that was really weird though. Like why didn't you use real ginger? Maybe it was expensive or something. I don't know, but kind of gave it that taste of ginger uh so i was like what the f but anyway so that's my deep dive on ginger ale um i love it that it was created during prohibition is the main point of that and that verner's is uh, a midwestern ginger ale that's like the og of creation of ginger ale and that was filling out the pawnee um vibe i love it that's great i also have a question you said the vending machine is outside Mm -hmm. why the fuck Like I don't know. I'm telling you right now, no one in Indiana is going the fuck outside for ginger ale in January. (laughs) Like I know. I'm trying to think now that you say that. Have I ever seen a ginger ale out uh, or a ginger ale a vending machine outside? And like if it was in L.A., that makes sense to me. But if you're in the Midwest, there's a good three to four to five, sometimes six month period that you don't even want to go outside. Right, that's a good call. Okay, we'll it's have real to track cold. that and see, like, when they put if they put snow in the courtyard, like if that thing is still there. Right, that's such work though, trying to move the vending machine inside for the months of the year that it's cold. Yeah, like I don't, Weird. I don't know. I will tell you, there was a year where my birthday, my birthday is in uh, the winter, for everyone mm-hmm. who doesn't know. Um, there was, there was a year. So get her a present, bitch. Yep. <laughs> Anytime in that like four month period, you consider winter. Um, <laughs> um, right. yeah. So it was my birthday one year and we had planned to go do stuff, but it ended up being negative 68 degrees outside with windshield. So they, why well, I said that so weird windshield. 
<laughs> now I'm doing it. Wind I'm chill. Off on you. <laughs> it was ne- negative sixty eight with wind chill outside, and so we this couldn't even Illinois? really. Yeah, we couldn't even really get our car to start. Like all the all yes. the theaters were closed, all the restaurants were closed. My brother's school was canceled because it was too dangerous for people to wait outside for the bus. The, I, some of the buses couldn't start, so like I'm not going outside in negative 68 degree weather just to get a fucking ginger ale absolutely no thank you Hmm. so crazy you know what as a okay as you're telling that story i did think about i was at a hotel one time and they sometimes have vending machines outside but they're usually like in a little alleyway so i don't know okay listeners if anyone is in indiana or the midwest and has seen a ginger ale slash vending machine in general outside can you please let us know because we are very intrigued Yeah, I, and if I you've would ever love gone to outside to get something from that vending machine because it was so worth it, we need to know immediately. Yes. <laughs> and if you are in Florida, Georgia, like California, like South Texas, mm-hmm. doesn't count. We love you, <laughs> but it does not get cold enough. Okay. Right. Right. So, okay. yes. So those of you Keep that get that. heavy snow northeast, I'd love to know, too. Okay. Those of you in the Northeast. But anyway, yeah. That just, when you said it was outside, I was like, what? Why? Yeah, it is outside. So uh, weird. I do want to say, though, mm-hmm. first of all, the brown in her shirt or her whatever, it, it's really distracting to me because she's wearing a navy suit. So she has not yet gone shopping with Anne. I'm just tracking mm. that because mm-hmm. I don't, I, you may have a different opinion and please let me know if you do. No judgment. But I do not think you should wear brown with navy, especially when there's like four other colors happening. She's oh, wearing a she, navy okay. one with like a blue and gray, like oh, blue, I didn't purple. The brown. Yeah. It wasn't as distracting to me, but I did notice that it was a busy pattern, which side note, yeah. Maddie, I'm actually really glad that you brought this up because I actually yes. had a note that I used to wear that type of shirt all of the time in high school, like the V-neck with a camisole underneath. So there's not too much cleavage, but yeah, yeah. it's like longer than the top of like the bottom of the shirt is longer than the top of your pants. So it's almost like a dressy dress type situation, but yeah. it's not really. It's just like a longer shirt. I used to wear those all of the time. <laughs> and I really was, I, I think that's just like maybe an early 2000s or something uh, fashion moment that happened because I saw her shirt and I had flashbacks because I was like, oh my God, <laughs> I used to have those all of the time. And it was yeah. like a little line underneath like the boob area so that it oh, separated yeah. like your boobs from like the rest of the shirt. So it kind of was like a little mini dress almost, but it was a shirt. So right. I totally remember that. But I don't know that I really saw or noticed the brown. Yeah. Oh, I have nothing wrong with the style. I totally get the style. I don't get the brown with the navy. <laughs> she don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> she's got the bow. She's got brown with navy. Uh, she don't know what she's doing yet. <laughs> yeah, but I don't. I don't mind her episode, and that I don't know. I don't mind her outfit the next day with like the peach mm-hmm. shirt and the gray suit. I'm yeah. okay with that one. This yeah. just bothers me. And I was like, she has not gone <laughs> shopping with Anne yet. It hasn't happened. Don't know. Oh, wow. But that was one of my points, and the other one is. We get that glimpse of April calling her sister to come pick her up. Mm-hmm. And this is right before Leslie walks in. And I just absolutely love the fact that she's already drawing on her pants when she says, like, I'm just like, that's so April. And probably something I might have done when I was younger. <laughs> like, yeah. So I, I appreciated that. 
Yeah, good. when she's like, come pick me up or I'm going to draw all over your jeans as she's drawing on her jeans. <laughs> yeah, that was really funny. I like that. Yeah. What do you have to say about her bringing the, the wine and cheese out? Okay, so um, I really appreciate Okay, so they run out of beer. My main thing was that I just loved her performance because you really see her think about all of this without any words. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like she, you know, she has a glance uh, of like looking at after she looks in the refrigerator to see if there's anything left because they're all wanting to leave since they're out of beer. And she's like, no, but we can keep this party going. And Mark's like, yeah, that's when the party usually starts when you run out of booze. Right. And first of all, like, fuck you, Mark. Like, sarcastic joke. Okay. Only Anne is allowed to do that. Secondly, <laughs> No, just kidding. But secondly, um, I loved her look to camera as she comes out to the car- courtyard with the wine and cheese. She has this like glance of like, you didn't like, I know this is wrong, but you like, don't look at me. Just whatever. Also, why? Why did she not just bring the whole basket out? Why did she bring oh, yeah. wines and cheese? Like, I was like, you could have solved your April problem right there if you had just brought yeah. the whole basket out. Maybe maybe that's true. Maybe she thought that she was only doing a little, like taking a little bit of it, not right. taking the whole thing. That's or maybe true. also like to take the whole basket out would to be like, I don't know, too psychologically proving of, you know, taking I have basket. this whole basket that was a gift where, and like maybe people would ask about it being like, what is that basket? Whereas if she just had wine, it was like, right. oh, they think that she just has some bottles of wine and some cheese. Like yeah. it didn't no. come from anything from a basket. She just had it with her already you know that's a really good call yeah I didn't think of it that way thank you that's Mm. helpful because I was like you're You're a logical person why didn't you just take the whole basket and that's smart yeah that makes sense she was trying to hide it yeah yeah she was like no I didn't this is not a gift that someone gave to me I just have this right (laughs) but she feels so bad about it it's awful I know. I feel so bad for her too, because she but does. Really she just wants to be out of the boys. with her decision, which I just like. That's mm. really why I loved that scene. Um, and it was in so such a short amount of time, but she just was so distraught with what she did. Yeah, yeah. You see it. She she does and what have she's remorse about to do. Right. She has a remorse for it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. she's a good per like she's a good person deep down. She wouldn't normally do this, but this is important to her, right? Breaking. Breaking the glass ceiling is important to her. Mm-hmm. She wants to be included. She wants to kind of break that barrier. So I think, you know, she outweighed yeah. the risks and the benefits, you know. And and she really loves Mark. So she yeah. wants to hang out with him as long as possible, probably. Right. So true. Like not only the boys club is more, I think, why she wants to. But, uh, you know, her love of Mark probably has a little tiny bit to do with it as well. Like, no, I don't want to leave hanging out with you. You think I'm cool now. Right. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Yeah. The thing that I thought, I don't know why, but I thought she already knew about April when she started making the apology videos. But she mm. doesn't. Mm-mm. This first apology video is just her legitimately really upset that she took anything out of the basket. Yeah. That she starts apologizing to all these people. And I love the comedic editing of this, right? Is that she starts listing everyone and like Michelle Bachman. And then there was one other person and then Melissa Bean. But she doesn't say where her position, right? So she says... Right. She doesn't finish it because it, right. she would have gone on forever and ever and ever. Yeah. Right. So they cut her off before she, she even, before she even says the person's position. And she's been saying like Democrat, Maryland or whatever for every person. Mm -hmm. And so I had to look up. I was like, well, I have to know now. She says her name. So Melissa Bean up until 2015 was 2011. 
it was 2011, I think, up until 2011, Melissa Bean was the um, representative for Illinois. Oh, wow. Yeah. Cool. So I had to know because I was like, you're saying it for everybody else. And then you say this person's name and I understand the comedic timing of it, but <laughs> let's find <laughs> but I out. I need to know. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah, I love that. I love also that each apology seemed different. Like the first right. one, like to each individual person she was talking to and i love that she was apologizing wasn't she apologizing only to women women tall women in government (laughs) yeah right um yeah so i loved that this one for the in the commentary they said that this was one of the only well very rare times i don't think it's the only time but very very rarely do they do this where they put the camera on a tripod for Mm -hmm. this apology video um and just so it could be a straight on shot definitely reminds me of Michael Scott's apology videos. <laughs> yes. We are getting some more comparison here. Yeah, and, I mean, speaking of that, like while I was watching this and I think I read some interviews like when Parks and Rec was in its first couple seasons where but as I was watching this, I definitely had that idea of like it must have been so intimidating uh, to come next after The Office because I think people, you know, probably expected her to be Michael Scott or like to be the female right. version of the of Michael Scott and so it was like there must have been a lot of pressure like you know it's it, it really reminded me of like if you have a bigger brother or sibling sister or whatever that was like infamous in high school and then you come along and like you have to live up to that expectation that they set that all your teachers are thinking about you know your your sibling while you're just trying to do your right. own thing um but I, yeah, I do remember hearing that in some interviews that she was like kind of nervous because she wanted to uphold the reputation and um, give life to, but like make it new at the same time. But yeah, they said that she went for getting back to the this talking head. They said that she went for really, really long um, naming people, <laughs> but then they cut it. Right. Obviously. Yeah. Well, I think if she was going to do every woman in government, it might have taken a whole episode, you know. Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yes. It, absolutely. Yeah. So that's what I have before we go to Anne's house is that talking head. But yeah, I'm uh, I'm ready for for Anne. I do have a commentary in this moment. Um, but you tell me what you. Got oh, first. yeah. The big thing I had was, uh, you know, we're just getting more of this relationship dynamic between Anne and Andy. Right. So she's leaving for a, t- a double shift. So she's going to be gone for 24 hours mm-hmm. working for 24 hours and she says, can you just clean up a little bit? Like, that is the simplest ask, right? And, mm-hmm. I mean, I know we mm-hmm. see that Andy actually does clean up, but he's like, don't expect much, right? And she's she immediately comes back with, it's fine, I'll do it when I get home. And yeah, I, I already think that she doesn't have any expectations of oh, she she sure does not. I don't yeah. think she has any. And there's part of me that's like, I think she's just, she is like, she likes him and she's comfortable in the relationship to not realize that, like, no, he should not be saying, don't expect much. I know he's in two casts, mm-hmm. but you can throw the pizza box and beer beer bottle away on the, the kitchen table. Like, you could have done that when you ate it. Yeah. Like, it does not need to be sitting there, you know? So, Do like, you think he yeah, said that because he was trying to surprise her? I don't know. Okay, so this is another thing I have. I mean, I think that he would have said that regardless. I think that's definitely, you know, why it worked, even if he was trying to surprise her, because that's definitely what he would say anyway. But I wonder if in this instance he's just saying it so that um, he can surprise her into cleaning, or if he chose that he, or if he said, you know, I'm going to clean, and he made that decision after she already left. I don't know. Now, you bring up a very good point, 
because I always thought she goes, you know, I'll do it. And then he feels bad. And so he makes the decision mm-hmm. after she walks out. But you may have be the answer to what hmm. I found in this, which is he brings out and he says, I made a list mm-hmm. of things to do, but it's already printed hmm. out. It's a typed up oh, piece I didn't of even paper notice that. that says to do list on the top. Yeah, it's a typed up piece of paper. It's been folded <laughs> and kept in his pocket. It's been it's it's it was printed not that right. day or at least 30 minutes ago. And he sat on it yeah. and it's crinkled. Right. So you may be you bring up maybe the answer to my question, which is he may have decided like two days ago that he's going to do it. Although, does Andy have the initiative to type up a to-do list is my <laughs> well, I was question. Like, where the fuck is a printer and why are you printing this to-do list when you could just write it Right. <laughs> especially if, like... Right, exactly. <laughs> especially if you're in two cats. Yeah. <laughs> I right. don't know. Exactly. Maybe that's where the So, I don't know. From. But, right. But it's like, you know, it's very subtle. Or maybe that You was, know, like, you don't I really notice. Maybe... Oh, God. We're getting way too detailed right now. Because I was going to say, I wondered if maybe <laughs> Anne wrote that to-do list for herself to do and he found it or something. Oh. <laughs> it could be. That could be mm. it, too. Because I find it very hard to see Andy typing up a to-do list. Mm. And, you know... Unless it, the to-do list I, says clean himself. Okay, that would be the telltale sign. Because if he says in the to-do list to, that he has to shower, then he wrote it. But if it doesn't, then Anne wrote it. Right. And I did freeze it, and it was very hard to get a very clear. He moves it around a little too much. I yeah, I definitely took it as him wanting to surprise her, being like sneaky, saying like, "Don't expect much. Nothing's gonna happen." So, um, but I don't know. Interesting. What what is your commentary? Okay, so number one is mm-hmm. uh, so right before we get to Anne's house, they have a uh, shot of the dog in the pit chewing a diaper. Like, <laughs> it was, first of all, it was so gross. <laughs> Yeah, that's disgusting. Secondly, I feel like anytime that they want to show a like a dog, they try to show this like mangy kind of looking dog. I feel like they use this same dog in the one where they're where April's trying to do a part a uh, dog park. And uh, the point is that this dog chewing the diaper was also Greg Daniels' idea. <laughs> oh my gosh, he just What's had a bunch of guy? random ass <laughs> ideas, and he said it's always dog related too. Yeah. Um, apparently it took like six weeks to find that dog. That's what Alan Yang said. I don't know if that was like true or if it was a joke, but regardless, it probably took them a little bit of time to find this dog. And then the second commentary was that sometimes, oh, they asked, uh, if Chris Pratt was playing video games for real. Like, cause when you go into Anne's house, he's playing the Wii, which was just, it's such right. a funny thing for him to be playing because it's the most physical of all video games i feel <laughs> he's just right. on the couch yeah. not he has a able. wheel a driving <laughs> yeah. a steering wheel but anyway so they said sometimes he's playing video games but most of the time he was miming playing the video game like it was already a shot okay. of a video game being played but at this time maybe he changed but chris pratt said he didn't really play a bunch of video games so just fyi on video games from him but yeah, yeah i i definitely i i went on a roller coaster of emotions for Anne too just to get back to her like ideas of you know not having any expectations and her being comfortable in the relationship like at first I felt bad for Anne because I empathize with her like I'm not good at asking people to help me clean up at all like even you know Mm -hmm. if we've lived together for a while um but then I was like but you've been with Andy for like two years and 
I feel like you would think that, you know, maybe she could do it at that point in the relationship because they've been together for so long. So it's like, you know. Right. Um, but I think that she's built just such a habit of not expecting anything from him. Like we were talking about, you know, how she literally has no expectations. Like her bar is so fucking yeah. low right now. <laughs> um, Seriously. So though. it's almost like she's kind of like living alone and doing doing this on her own anyway. So she's just like, you know, I'm used to doing it on my own anyway. I'll just do it, which I can really relate to. I Because, you know, we talked about how I have trouble asking for help. But not only is it the, the shame part of it, it's more so – not more so, but it's also I think equally like – I'm just so used to doing it on my own. I don't know that there's another mm. way anyway, you know, or I have to remind myself that there is. So she's right. kind of like used to being like a mom to him almost that she's like, well, okay, whatever. I'll just do it like I always do, you know? But- yeah. I'll, um, I'll, I'll tell, uh, my boyfriend, like, will you help me, um, do this? Like unload the dishwasher or whatever. And he'll be like, no. And I'm like, <laughs> it's a joke. But like the first couple times he did it, I was like, seriously you can't like get up and help me and he's like I'm kidding like and finally I know it's a joke like he's getting up in the next 30 seconds to do it or whatever you know to help but yeah that just reminded me of that because like imagine if your boyfriend wasn't kidding and he wouldn't get up and Mm -hmm. I was like that would piss me off yeah (laughs) (sighs) and I find that I don't know. Most of the time, most of the time, I don't know. I find that like usually dudes will do it if you tell them to. (laughs) Not all the time, but I just like have such a hard time with like telling you to do it. But a lot of times I don't know that they need to. This is not the uh, Chris Pratt or slash Andy um, problem because Andy definitely knows he needs to, I feel. But maybe not. Maybe in his head he's like, it's fine. I'm, I'm cool with these pizza boxes. Who cares? It's just like when you have a roommate that's like, well, if you mind it being dirty, then you should clean it. I shouldn't have to because I don't mind it. Um, How selfish are you? Okay, that is not what this is about. I think that's also really funny, though, that like his idea of cleaning and like tidying things up is just like sweeping everything into a trash bag. (laughs) And then throwing said trash bag into the pit, (laughs) (laughs) which I'm fast forwarding a little bit. But we see Andy throw this trash into the pit Mm -hmm. and wave to a neighbor across the pit. (laughs) Exactly. And I was like, aw, that's so sweet. Neighborly love. Oh, no, wait. They're throwing trash into a pit. (laughs) Like, Yeah, they're just so excited. It just was really interesting. Cool. We got a landfill in our backyard now. (laughs) Right. Exactly. Yeah. I thought that was really well written. Like, felt homey and like that was what they were supposed to be doing Mm -hmm. but you it also felt wrong all right uh we have leslie who i first of all i love that donna wants the basket (laughs) (laughs) she's gonna put potpourri in it it's a lot of potpourri but i love that she wants it so funny again all of her facial expressions and her line of like hey i am not the one on trial here (laughs) right exactly (laughs) i love that but Leslie goes up to Ron and is like, we need to talk. And he immediately is like, can can we put it in an email? And she's like, no. Oh, my God. <laughs> like, just okay. shuts it down. Oh, my God. 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 Thing about yes. the, that line. That uh, line of, like, can you put it in an email was an improvisation. Yeah. Yes. Like, if you go back and watch oh. it and really see the timing of it, it's so beautifully done because not only did Ron give such a good uh, performance of that line and, you know, being improvised, but Leslie, Amy Poehler, just picks it right up. She doesn't miss a beat. She's oh, like, yeah. nope. <laughs> oh, I straight up thought it was written doesn't because of how, so how well it flows. Yeah. And then in his office also, his computer 
is the Scrabble board, and it's the exact same Scrabble board that they had in the reporter. Like, they said that. It yes. wasn't just me thinking that. They were, like, um, weird. That That's, like, a little Easter egg. It's the same one from the previous episode. Yeah, I had that noted, too. Like, I noticed the Scrabble, but I didn't I didn't notice if it was the same one as last, last mm-hmm. episode. Good catch. Nice. Um, I have to say, there is a line here when Leslie is in Ron's office. <gasps> oh, my God. That... I know what it's going to be, I think. Okay. Do you want to say it? <laughs> no, I don't. You say it. <laughs> Okay. It kind of pisses me off because it's true. Yeah. She says, I am a woman and I have to hold myself to a higher standard. Yeah. And like, I don't know if men really know that, but we automatically just have to. Well, yeah. We're just used to apologizing and being like sorry for existing. And whereas most of the time, again, um, this is not all men, but most men, it's like we, they think like I'm not qualified but I'll eventually be qualified so I might as well just go for it and we are like oh my god we're not even close to being qualified how could I possibly apply for that or you know do that one thing or lead this meeting because I can't do that like I'm you know I'm sorry for being here I'm sorry I'm so awful at being a leader or like just in general being a human person taking up any space at all and uh, it's so real so yeah I I definitely felt the same way you did because there's a comedic part at the beginning where she (laughs) which is the which I kind of had a favorite line question mark I love it like where he says you know it's not that big of a deal I literally wrote that too Maddie just for your uh, amusement I wrote I love and of hate course this you line. did because we're on the same yeah we're on the same <laughs> we're on the same page with the, with all this with oh, all this so true. crap but she says maybe for you you're a white protestant man with a full mustache but I yes. am a woman and I need to hold myself to a higher standard yeah um but yeah, yeah it's a it's a it's deep line it is and it's a big one with um Like, I think, you know, this, like, I can be emotional and, like, you've heard me be emotional, Mm -hmm. but it's not my initial um, reaction. Yeah. And, I mean, no, like, it's no blame of the boys I grew up with Mm because, as you know, I grew up next to three boys. Like, it was pretty, some pretty founding years in Mm -hmm. Illinois and then my brother. And so it was me. I was one of five of us and Mm -hmm. I was the only girl. And I felt like... And they they didn't do this on purpose. You know, we were like seven. Mm-hmm. But I think I automatically was like, if I'm going to get along with them, if they're going to include me, if we're going to be able to play together, I can't cry. Mm. Like, shit's going to happen to me. I might get knocked over and fall. I can't cry. Mm. Like, I had this, like, you have to be strong and tough. And and I'm glad because I think it did, it did help me in some regards of mm-hmm. what I've gone through and... Uh, how I handle things now but there are some days where I'm like I wish I would just let myself cry Mm -hmm. I wish I could cry in this situation because I think it would be really healthy but I think that's another way where it happens where like women don't feel like they can be as emotional as they as they are inclined to be because we're going to be looked down on for it or not taken seriously, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I mean, because we're crucified thing. for showing any emotion. But also on the flip side is that boys need to be taught that it's okay to cry because boys right. have to uphold such a pressure that a lot of I – th- I don't think that that's at the forefront of the conversation because they do have a bit of privilege when it comes to that um, mm. leadership and accepting jobs and things like that. Uh, but – on the, you know, side of for the boys, it's like they have such a pressure that they cannot be uh, sad or weak. And um, there's such a societal view of 
tears being weak. And uh, that's just we need to flip that on its face because showing emotion is really the most strong thing you can do. And also uh, using it for the better because I think a lot of times what men see is that we're using our emotions to um, like because we're on our period we make (laughs) decisions that are uh, wrong or, you know, based not on logic. And that's just not true, <laughs> even right. scientifically speaking, I feel. So uh, <laughs> so I think that that is uh, definitely something that a lot of men don't understand or are unlearning as they get older that like, oh, I can cry and I can feel something and it's not the end of the world. Right. Or it's not going yeah. to, you know, be detrimental to my growth or success. Right. Um, I also well, noted that Ron is wearing a suit, and I'm not into it because I'm tracking yeah. this. <laughs> like, he right. hasn't gotten to his, like, nonchalant outfit, I feel, yet. Uh, or not nonchalant, but just not right. wearing a suit jacket. Also, his Bobby Knight poster is still up. Okay. Here we go. Still season, episode four, season one. We still got the poster. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, okay. Okay. So there's a, del- a deleted scene where Tom puts the gift basket into a display case in the hallway of City Hall, uh, you know, like where they have stuffed raccoons and or foxes or whatever. Right. And he takes out the raccoon and he puts the gift basket in the display case with the sign that reads, Leslie Nope, ethics violation for shame. So it's like on a display as a prank. And I was like, oh, that just must be because, you know, he wants everyone to see her but uh like to see her problem that she had and like wants to embarrass her kind of thing right but i asked uh when when i was talking to brooklyn about this my sister who works in the government uh she said that sometimes they'll put things uh, she just said this randomly she, i didn't even tell her this deleted scene but she said oh, when crazy. we were talking i know when we were talking about the uh 25 gift limit she said sometimes they'll put the gifts in like a trophy case or a display case or something so that it's not quite an accepting of the gift. It's more of like if people come in, you can see it kind of thing. So like no one accepted mm. it. It's just there. Uh, yeah. And so I was like, I wonder if that's where that scene comes from. Right. Yeah, I, I don't I don't know. I'm very intrigued. Interesting. I'm sure on huh. Tom's end it was more of a prank thing. Like he just wanted to embarrass right. her. But um, I wonder if that was rooted in some kind of truth for the government. I don't know. Yeah. I wonder if the um – the producers knew or Yang knew. Mm. Alan Yang. So when they're in Ron's office, when she's talking about um, holding herself to a higher standard, I really love Ron's look to camera when he says cover up because she said something about like, we can't cover this up. And he goes, uh, I'm, I didn't say anything about uh, c- covering covering up. And he like glances at the camera to make sure that the camera didn't see him. I also love right. that pan down. Some people don't like this, but I actually personally liked it um, when the camera goes down to catch her hands trailing along Ron's desk. Like yeah. she's really nervous. So they caught that. I really liked that kind of documentary scene. Um, this is what I was going to ask you. Okay. But you might have answered it at the beginning when you when we were talking mm. about why didn't she just take the whole basket? Because on Ron's desk, there's a couple bottles in there. And I was like, wait, so did they put the empty wine bottles back in the wine basket? Or like were there still some full bottles left in there? Because I thought there was only like three bottles. And I don't know how many she took out to drink with the boys club. I thought she at least takes one. I, she, it might be two. And then we know that April gets one. Mm. So those could be empty ones. Interesting. But I also, we also, I didn't count how many were in the gift bag. Yeah. <laughs> That's going to be on my recap. Yeah. 
<laughs> because I was like, why did they put those bottles back in the gift basket? Like, were you just trying to show that as proof or something? Like, right. But anyways, well, so that was a catch. Uh, and then now I'm at where she's emailing everybody. Is that where you are? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So she emailed the entire government and she said, I had to whistle blow on myself. <laughs> right. Because... Which is great. I tried to ask. She Ron has to, to whistle blow herself, <laughs> right? But he refused. But he won't. Yeah. So she's like, "I'm going to tell him myself." But that's that's the only. I had that line. I thought that was really a good line. I know. I but, can't um, believe she emailed everybody in the parks department, though. Like it was so excessive and dramatic. Also, that email. Right. Okay, this is the part where I paused on something that was on the screen, uh, in the document. And first of all, that email, the body of the email, is in all caps. <laughs> If you caught that. The whole message is in all caps, number one. And number two, I looked at uh, some of it was blocked because this is not a thing as far as I can tell. Like when you on the screen, when she clicks send, there comes up a little tiny or a box screen that says sending. And that's like not mm-hmm. a thing in Microsoft Outlook, which is what I use for work and what a lot of government people use. Like when you click send, it just sends. It doesn't have a loading right. screen that comes up. But it that loading screen blocked a lot of who uh, she emailed. But I, I right. did see some. So she emails. Are you ready? Okay. She emails mm-hmm. mayor at pawneeindiana.com. Ron Swanson at PawneeIndiana.com, registered voter database. So everybody's email that's in that uh, group of the registered voters. Uh, April Ludgate wow. at PawneeIndiana.com, which interesting that an intern has her own email address, but maybe they did I that. Had, I had my own when I was, well, I guess I was like an, like an official like therapy intern. Though. Okay. Okay, great. But, no, I yeah, think it's great. I had my own. I love that. Yeah. Um, and then because I think that like if an intern is actually doing things and learning stuff, you probably should have your own email address. <laughs> right. Uh, and if then you want her to email people for you and stuff. Right. That would make sense. And then she CCs Marlene Griggsnope, which is her mom. <laughs> I don't yes. know why she's in the oh CC and not in the regular uh, <laughs> right. recipients. But anyway, uh, and I thought that there were lots of voting subtlety in this episode because so they and this is obviously it's the government and it's the city hall. So I'm sure that that wasn't really planned or maybe it was. I don't know. But we talk about how she sends an email to the registered voter database. But then there's also when she gets to I'm fast forwarding a little bit, but I just wanted to say this one little point is that when she goes to the trial, uh, there's and she's like in the wait, her and Ron are in the waiting room. There's a little pamphlet that says register to vote uh, like mm. to tell people how to vote yeah this was not even a voting year right so that's interesting (laughs) right anyway that's all mine my notes for that moment nice love it i think april should have been fired i if i was the hated her in this moment i i did too was so upset with her and i felt like really weird that i felt this way but because i was like i know she's young and dumb and they're portraying her just having fun being a kid i was like how dare you why would you do that and i mean i definitely okay I'm not saying that I'm perfect because I definitely am not. I definitely drank in high school. I did. And I stand by it. <laughs> Taught me a lot of shit. <laughs> but I never – I don't remember. Oh, God. Someone's going to drag me and find me on Facebook. But I don't think that I ever posted about it. And if we did, like, it was not on government property or, like, if we were outside drinking. No. Okay. So there's something that kind of was cut out that she says um, – when Tom is talking over her, she's saying, like, I'm seeing which one will get me drunker faster, drinking wine or not drinking wine. And drinking wine is right. winning right now. It's winning. Um, which is – that's a funny line. But, yeah, I was not 
having it when I was watching the scene. Well, she was so smug about it, too. She was so proud of herself. You could see it in her face. And you're like, but you don't. I mean, I feel like you should be realizing that Leslie's going to pay for this. Mm -hmm. And she just was so proud of herself. And I was like, you should really just be fired. Yeah, especially underage. Like, like it'd be one thing if you're legal. I mean, it'd right. still be awful. But uh, it's an extra awful because she's underage. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she definitely was super smug and like happy. Like, you could see the little smirk in her eye. I think she played that really well. They gave Aubrey Plaza, the actor who plays April, a little digital camera. Uh in when mm. she was in the conference room and she did all of her own like camera work so her spinning around in the uh chair with the wine bottle is just her putting a camera in front of her face and spinning around uh oh that's cool which i thought was really funny yeah i thought that was pretty cool Im improv moment or not yeah. really improv but you know character moment right yeah no i liked that that was well played well we get called into ron's office here because Leslie is in trouble because she's a minor and, sh and April's been caught with the alcohol. And Leslie's breakdown, I feel like, is 100% what's going on in my head when I start getting overwhelmed. Mm. Like, you know, like crumbling up, like, what's happening? Why can't I do I don't do want to talk things? about it anymore. I know. <laughs> and she just breaks down, like, all on his bench. And, like, watching Ron try to comfort her is hilarious i thought he oh, played that so well like just like not sure if i should touch you but like it's it's gonna be okay like but yeah i just thought it was so well played and i i related so much with what leslie was doing i was like that was me in my head all week last week and a little <sighs> bit this weekend <laughs> Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. Speaking of Ron, so they uh, trying to comfort her. The stage direction in the script said Ron starts to pet her like a snake. <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't that make so much sense? That's an amazing stage direction. Right? That's great. And I, I love this line that he does. I don't know if it was improvised or whatever, but he said, hang in. Wait, he's yeah. like, uh, uh, hang in. Instead of hang in there, because he's just, he's so detached. He doesn't know what to say. He can't even finish right. hang in there. <laughs> oh, That's that great. That was really funny. Um, oh, my gosh. Something I thought was really worth mentioning is this camera technique where if you back up a little tiny bit, when they're watching uh, a video of April, um, they have these, the camera zooms in on Leslie's face and then the next scene is her same face, but she's in a different room and they zoom out to right. show that she's in a different room, but you think that she's in the same room. Um, and that's really all the director, like Mike McCullers that we were talking about earlier that did, uh, gold member and all that stuff. Right. Uh, he, he really, that was his, you know, technique, uh, which is what a lot of directors do. But I thought that was a really cool moment. I love that technique. That's happened a, a couple times in different movies. Um, I'm sure you'll start to notice it now right. that we talk about it. Did I explain that okay? <laughs> yeah. No, that was right. Okay. Yeah, I totally okay. knew what you're talking about. I also wrote that down because I thought it was a cool cut. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. there's also this uh, deleted scene, too, where Leslie and April are outside. They're having like a cute little moment where they're having a heart to heart outside, like on the steps of City Hall. And um, she's Leslie's like, why did you do that? Like, this is serious and you could lose your internship. And and then April's like fucking with her even more, which is like made me kind of hate her even more. But it definitely showed who April becomes later on. Right. Um, kind of similar to. Uh, Anne that we saw um, where you're really starting to see their characters like put a stake in the ground you know what I mean right because April's fucking with her saying like I did it because I wanted to be like you like 
making Leslie feel terrible. And Leslie oh takes her gosh. so super seriously as she would. And she takes a deep breath and she's like, I was afraid of that. You know, it may seem super cool to drink when powerful women do it, but it's not. I hate to think I was the one that introduced you to alcohol. Oh my gosh. I know. She thinks she's so innocent. I know. But then April has this other talking head that says, after she says, that, after Leslie says, like, I'd hate to be the one to introduce you to alcohol. April has a talking head that says, I've had a fake ID since I was 14 in three different states, Indiana, North Dakota, and Delaware. And <laughs> I thought those were the most random states to Seriously, have Seriously, though. But um, but it was a really cute moment. It really shows how Leslie really wants to be April's mentor. So I think that that right. is a really cool uh, like dynamic to just keep in mind throughout the show that you already knew, but to see that even further is really interesting. Yeah, I agree. I wrote. I meant to tell you. Sorry, I was just reading my notes. Um, the going back to when it the stage direction said Ron pets her like a snake. Apparently, they did a bunch of takes, and there was one where he sings to her, but he's like really uncomfortable, so he sings things wrong. <laughs> like he'll say like, "Button up your smile," and <laughs> oh my god, like turn your frown upside down or whatever. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, we, maybe we could find it on YouTube or something. I know. Well, we uh, we have her start the third video where she's just crying. She's like, she doesn't want to talk about it anymore. Mm. And uh, Tom comes in and he's going to help her get ready for the interview. But like, is he though? Because no, he's not. Because he's kind of a dick about it. And yep. he's back to wearing a to- polo in this scene. Mm-hmm. Um, He's like asking her all these questions, right? Like, well, how many drinks do you have? a week and she goes zero to six and he goes i'm gonna write 10 and she goes yeah (laughs) (laughs) which i just loved i thought that was so well played and Uh we have um he asks like now when you have sexual dreams about ron is he full human or is he like half ron half centaur which i was like that's kind of foreshadowing because (laughs) there is a little centaur moment in so funny. season three. So, yeah, good moment. Good times. Yeah, I didn't like that he did that. Um, <laughs> I know. And especially the way that he ends it. He's like, yeah, so those are just your basic worst case scenario questions. Right. Um, this line, though, of when um, how many sexual partners have you had in the last year? Oh, zero to six. And then and he, he writes says, zero. I'm pretty positive that's my favorite line. I know there are some really good lines, but I'm pretty positive. <laughs> <laughs> that's so good oh, it's so hilarious there is um a commentary moment the part about the sexual partners and like fantasizing about ron and he says are you making love to him on a couch shaped like his mustache oh that gosh. was an improvisation oh, tom made that up nice. in the moment good job aziz that was good which is that's so specific and perfect. Right. I don't know how he did that. Yeah, that's well done. Um, and there was also this other deleted scene, um, or not deleted scene, but deleted line that was cut that was the uh, had Tom asking if you could change the race of any one person in the office, what would it be? And like just the most controversy <laughs> of all right. controversies um, to prepare her for this worst case scenario. And at first she's improvising back saying like, no, 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 everyone's beautiful. Like you don't need to be anything different. And then she says, I would make myself Puerto Rican. like after she like realizes okay i'll be truthful and then she did an accent to like play the puerto rican version of herself it's it's i really wanted to see that too oh my gosh it's just hilarious all these different uh, improvisations that they have yeah oh man yeah it'd be crazy to be on that set and be part of that like Mm -hmm. so cool when we go to this committee meeting, mm-hmm. we change like we get a really good view of like, OK, the parks department is kind of a shithole because mm-hmm. that room is really nice. It's got bigger windows. It's brighter in there. 
um, the table is shiny and big. Like it's a, you know, Mm -hmm. it's a nice situation in that, in that room. So I thought they did a nice job of creating like a completely different space. Like, okay, Mm -hmm. she is going to the higher ups. It's a nicer place. I also thought that was like the noisiest glass of water you could ever drink. The gulp. Yes, it was a huge bit of drinking water. And I loved that. I thought that showed who she is as an actor as well. Like all she's doing is drinking water and she just makes this huge bit about it. Uh, This was shot in Pasadena City Hall. Like the actual inside was in the city hall. That's great. Mm -hmm. I love that. Well, also, did you notice her huge ass purse? No, like, I did not. She has a massive black purse with two big pockets. I'll take. A, I took a picture of it, so I'll send it to you. <laughs> but it is huge. It's almost the size of her. It's almost like a travel bag or something. Dang. <laughs> I wonder if they had to move but, buildings. Uh, like, is the Parks and Rec in a different building than her disciplinary hearing? And maybe that's why she brought it and wanted to be mm. prepared. Yeah. I wouldn't think so, but maybe. I love this letter that she reads. It is hilarious. Oh, it's like she's writing a book to explain her life story. Like, just her commitment is so great. And so her line of, I opened a gift basket of wine and cheese. And she looks up and stares at them with the most serious, heartbroken, apologetic face. Yeah. It is so beautiful. Uh, I love when she bangs the table, too, when they say something about how April, like, do uh, not drank. And she's like, <laughs> do not blame her for my, oh, my God. And she thinks so April's, like, passionate about local government. Right. And I love also, did you look at Nick Offerman in the back, Ron, um, as she's reading the letter? Because his reactions are so perfect. He's just, like, his eyebrows are all furrowed, and he's just so He does not want to be there. Right. Yeah. No. He does. He if he could have not come to this meeting, he would have not come into that meeting. Mm-hmm. So I yeah, you can. I love this line of "I that. hope one day she lives in a world where the very idea of boys' clubs no longer exists." Oh, I love that line. I love mm-hmm. that line so much. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Oh, I th- I was surprised that her letter wasn't longer. Oh, I know. Like it's it's on one <laughs> sheet of paper. Like I was surprised it wasn't like a clump of paper she brought in. Um, I know that's true. But I I love Ron here, too, because a lot of it comes up off as his, like, libertarian side, right? Like, I don't want government to be a part of this. Like, we're not living in communist China. We're not, you know, Mm -hmm. like, we shouldn't be doing this stuff, right? But he does say, like, listen, she doesn't do anything wrong ever, and it's kind of annoying. And Mm -hmm. I, if you're going to do anything else to her... Like, you're going to have to go through me. Mm -hmm. And I thought, I I was like, that's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. I think like we were talking about with both Anne and April, this was really the episode, I feel, where you see their characters start to really take hold. And Mm -hmm. you do see uh, Ron's evolution is happening just a tiny bit because you see that he's on her side. But also, like, we see for the first time that he sticks up for Leslie and he cares Mm -hmm. just a tiny bit uh, for the better of, you know, his employees. Um, Yeah. And even though he won't admit it, it's it's really cute. It is. When Leslie goes to her office to his office to like thank him or whatever, he has a look to camera that was like he has a little smile because she says thank you or something and he looks at the camera and realizes that the camera caught him and like looks back and it's like, "Oh." Yeah, I, I love that. That's what it I was, was going to so say. It's so precious. Yeah. Also, do you watch Game of Thrones? I can't remember. Yeah, but we haven't seen the last season. Okay, well, I was My boyfriend's say afraid of things just- ending. Mm, yeah yeah it happens there's this talking head after the i think it's after the conference room moment the trial where he's describing like what being a leader should be and Mm. 
like the last part of it was like you can have women brought to the the leader can have women brought to him if he desires them or whatever. Yes. Which side note was kind of like weird, but I really thought of Khal Drogo when yeah, <laughs> in Game of Thrones. Though. <laughs> like he would love, I think he would thrive in Game of Thrones times. <laughs> yeah, Ron would. Yeah, yeah, he would. The other thing that I liked in the meeting was when he says um, like, you know, that the boys club is when these guys get together and drink and they're like, you're not supposed to be drinking on any any government property and he's like it's not my department (laughs) like (laughs) i'm not here to talk about that get this over with if you don't have anything i have the next part is the kitty pool bath yes which is just magic right he's he is learning from how his parents wash their dog Mm -hmm. he's gonna bathe himself in the kitty pool and he has like trash bags on his casts and he's listening to himself his own band <laughs> while he's bathing, which is interesting because like, you know, you and I have listened to our own music, but like, but I've never, never for done pleasure. It. <laughs> right. Yeah. Never for pleasure. And never while I'm in the shower. Or like I don't <laughs> add my stuff to my own Spotify so that I can just randomly hear my own song, you know, like right. the only reason I'll add my stuff to like a, a playlist is so that I can get more plays. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, but side note, Chris Pratt actually wrote the song that is playing. That's great. Yes. In the commentary, they gave him a guitar and they told him to just go. Well, I don't know if they gave him a guitar. Maybe I'm making that up. But they told him to just go off and write a love song for Anne. And there's a line in there. You can't really hear it, but they talk about it and they say, I look to the north. I look to the west. I look everywhere for Anne. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. And it's just like, so you couldn't look to the east and the south. You're just right. <laughs> Oh, I love that. <laughs> but Perfect. Yes, that was uh, something that they said was in the first idea of this story of this episode, writing it, was getting him into the baby pool. That was like their goal. <laughs> uh, and apparently they had, a lot <laughs> they had a lot of difficulty in getting the bubbles to stay because bubbles go away very, right. very quickly. So that was something that they were trying to keep adding in, which I'm just imagining them like, get the bubble <laughs> bath, throw it in there. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Bunch of gross right. men. <laughs> More <laughs> bubbles. So funny. My so good. So I have my favorite line. <gasps> oh my god! Into it. So Let's his neighbor it. comes over, Lawrence. He he barges in first of all. Like why? Right. Like knock or something. Like you just you don't just barge into someone. Like I've been a neighbor before. You don't just barge into right s- someone's space. He now space. has that experience with Andy, though. I feel like he just doesn't give a shit. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. But still, yeah. no, that's not right. Yeah, I was like, that's kind of weird. Um, and he's like, you need to turn that down. And Andy's like, no, that's my band. He's like taking pride in it. And mm. he's like, fine, then I'm taking it. And he starts walking away and Andy screams, I just put 12 new batteries in that thing. <laughs> Which is my favorite line because, as you know, cash is tight. And I take pride in just the smallest little things. So uh-huh. like... I'll clean something and then I'll be like, it'll get dirty within like two minutes. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I just used Clorox and Clorox is not that cheap. I just used Mm -hmm. Clorox to clean that. Like I'll get kind of fresh, like, and that's probably not good, but like I could feel his like, yeah, I would be pissed. Batteries are not cheap. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, they're expensive. Especially those big ones that he probably had to use. I know, seriously. Yeah. No, and I just, I loved that. And the way he delivers it was just so perfect, too. So, and of course, the 
the comedy of him running down the street like <laughs> naked. I know we shouldn't be trying to picture it, but I think they did that on purpose, right? You can't not picture what's happening if the blur <laughs> isn't there. And he's just waddling with his crutches back and forth. Like I don't I don't I know. I just line. thought it was hilarious. <laughs> I liked his line when his neighbor comes out like, "What's going on out here?" and he's like, "Go back inside, Hank." <laughs> yes. <laughs> That was so funny. Uh, it is so good. Uh, oh, my gosh. I like that we see Anne's uh, patio. Like, I've never really been fully aware of the patio, or I, I don't think we've seen it before. No. And we don't really go back to it very often at all. No. It's decorated beautifully, by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But I, I don't remember it either. I think, that's the, I think that's the only time I really see it. Something I wanted to point out is that Anne is done with her 24 hours of work, right? She's tired. Mm-hmm. But she stops by Anne. By Leslie. I know. I I picked up on that, too. I definitely thought about that. I loved that. And I was like, if we lived in the same city, I think we would do that. I know. I was, you know what? I was trying to think of places where I've been to someone's work. I don't do that for a lot of people, like go to their work or whatever. And I just, hmm. I, I think that I would definitely do it for you, though, is what I'm trying to say. Like, yeah, I feel like there, are very, <laughs> like, um, there are very few people that I would just go to hang out. And like, like well, we, it's and not because we need to like see each other because we haven't seen each other for a long time. It's because we need to just like hang out. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, and it's funny, too, because she goes to see Leslie before she goes home to see Andy. Mm-hmm. So it's Telling. like this, you know, well, Leslie's going to come before Andy almost. Yeah, like, which, you know what? Hose before bros. <laughs> uteruses before, before deuteruses <laughs> ovaries before broveries <laughs> yes oh my gosh apparently when she goes to talk to Anne, they had this deleted scene of them talking for like two full minutes about like oh my gosh i wrote this okay let me explain so my head was in my hands because i was like when she talks about mark how she did it for mark or whatever right uh stole the wine for mark i was like why leslie um but they had this talking head this uh that was deleted apparently where they were um talking about like justifying why men treat them badly like Rashida Jones and Amy Poehler kind of just recreated these conversations that they've had with their girlfriends uh kind of Mm. you know giving reason to why boys are awful (laughs) or why their relationships failed or whatever and it would be like you know he doesn't like treat me super kindly and you know he doesn't really hang out with me that much but that's just because he's scared and how like relatable is that for women in this world (laughs) because it's so true and even if that is true you know, because a lot of men uh, are scared. They are. But at the same time, like even if that's true, like you don't have to wait for them to not be scared anymore. So right. you can go ahead and get on with your life. Because if he's at point A and you're at point B, then like you can choose to wait, but you don't have to. Okay. Right. That's not same. your only option. Right. Exactly. Um, And they had to cut it because it was like a two minute long um, conversation. But I thought that was really cute to think of them like talking about boys and relationships and, and stuff like that. Yeah. I like that. I also have to say, though, they're in the scene that's actually in the show when she's telling her that she has a thing for Mark, that they they had a love affair mm. one night five years ago i feel like Anne's facial expression is just so like what it's all of us right it's like what is going on oh yes, my god that's a classic Anne look to camera i feel where yeah. she's like almost like shaking her head like a half shake is what i like to call it which, which she'll do a lot when she looks to the camera she's like not quite shaking her head back and forth but it's she's so confused she can't even finish shaking her head 
love it. Yeah. There is two things. Ron's talking head where he was talking about, you know, the leader uh, where I said he could be a Cal Drogo. That was actually written for a different episode. But oh. it fit in this episode better. Which I, I wonder which episode that was written for. I guess I, it could seriously. go with anything since he is a libertarian. But, um, right. but it really went well with this. And then there's also a deleted scene after that talking head where Leslie's talking to Ron and Ron's telling her if there's punishment and whatever. And she asks if April is going to be fired or if she's gone. And we learn that April's uncle is a big businessman that is actually friends with the city manager. And that's why they're actually letting her stay. And Mm. then Leslie whispers, kind of like looks at the camera and says, boys club, because of the connection. So I thought that was, I thought I should tell you that because you were like, yo, she should be fired. Yeah, that's good to know. I like it. Um, The last thing I have is uh, when we're back at Ann's house with Andy. And uh, first of all, he's wearing sweats with a button down shirt. (laughs) (laughs) which just like i guess with your casts that makes sense you know but it just looks Mm -hmm. so funny um and uh i the line that i like here is he says something somebody is getting gently laid tonight gently laid (laughs) i I wrote that down too i love that gently laid (laughs) oh my gosh yeah but that's the only uh every time i see them Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, that's the last note I have. Yeah, I just wrote that every time I see Andy and Anne together, I just like don't feel it. And I know that maybe it's psychological because I know that they don't end up together and like this is like a weird moment anyways. But it's just like not even romantic to me because there's some movies and TV shows or even in real life when I like know that they're not supposed to be together. But then there's these cute moments where you're like, oh, that could happen. Or, yeah, that could be cute. But then even when I see them kiss, I'm like. I don't know if yeah. they're supposed to be together. Side note, they initially had him using palm olive to clean himself, um, <laughs> but they cut that, which I thought was so funny. That's funny. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, And then the last note I have is that that tagline at the end or tag scene at the end when Mark comes in uh, gives Leslie a beer and says uh, that every guy has seven letters because now she has a letter in her file. Right. Um, and it is kind of a good reminder. It's a weird, uh, twisted reminder, though, that, like, you can't be so strict on yourself. And, you know, there is a balance between following the rules and not following the rules. And it's tricky with this because it's government and she's such a rule follower anyway. Right. But, yeah, it, it kind of reminded me of, like, I don't know, almost like the ending of Greece, where, like, just change yourself and you'll fit in. Right. <laughs> But uh, but it is. I'm I'm trying to take it positively and just saying like you know relax and it's okay to not be a part of that club too. Right. Um. But also like if you've got one letter and you your whole record is good, then you know you're probably all right. Right. But that's season one, episode four. So yeah. Maddie, we only have two more episodes left in this season. Isn't that crazy? That is crazy. I can't believe how fast it went. But we are. I'm going to be excited to get into season two, and it'll be good. Yeah. But. Yay, yeah. thank you guys for joining us for season one, episode four, Boys Club. And next week we will be doing the banquet. Yay! Excited for the banquet. Let us know if you have any questions or uh, any of the details that we wrote about or talked about, rather, parkpalspodcast at gmail.com. You can follow Maddie and I separately as well on Instagram. And also follow us on Instagram because we will definitely um, Post. have some some posts for you yeah um but yeah well we'll see you next week guys thanks for joining us and um stay indoors if you can (laughs) stay safe okay bye bye there's a park and some pals and there's also therapy too
Okay, so Maddie, tell me about your job. You have things going on with your job. Tell me about I it. I do. I have I have so many things going on in my brain, like different paths and everything. <laughs> um, I know. Just because, as you know, uh, most people probably don't know this, and I don't know if I want to keep this in, but I am currently applying for PhD programs. Yay! And it is so much more work than I thought it was going to be. I have to write a statement of purpose and then a personal statement. And I've been getting my rec- my letters of recommendation. And the applications are super long. And then there's a whole section where it's like, please insert all the research you've done. And I'm like, I've done none. Because <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't work at a research lab, unfortunately, like I would love to. But yeah, so I'm just sitting here like, I don't think I'm qualified for this. Um, but if I get it by the grace of God, I would do that next fall. And that kind of tells my path. Right. Mm -hmm. But if I don't get it, I'm just going to keep going with my masters and I need to kind of figure out a situation because I'm not staying at school (laughs) and I might even leave school earlier than I would originally planned. However, it sounds like we may be going back online Mm. full time. So As of yesterday, we had 2,800 cases in my county Mm. for 230,000 people. So that's, that's over, that's 12%. We're at 12%. Um, And that's one of the benchmarks we have to meet to close back down. Um, So I think my school's talking about it and they're talking about like what the plan is. They, I think, you know, people are going to travel and they're going to have big parties and Um, I definitely live in a part of the country that does not really take COVID seriously. Mm -hmm. So I have a feeling there are going to be a lot of get togethers and everything. So it's just going to boost the numbers higher. So if we go back online, Holly, I really think I could survive because it's, it's, it's not as much work as it is when we're in person right now, teaching online and in person. Yeah, that's what so. I was going to say, because you're doing double duty anyway right mm-hmm. now with online and in person. So there's just it's so much more work. It is. It's so much more work, so much more planning. Um, just the hours I spend on school stuff is insane. Um, yeah. But I did find out from a friend here um, who works at the uh, center for, I think it's called the Ch- uh, Child and Family Services um, here in, in Prescott. And she said that they are hiring. And really what they do is they work with families with needs. And, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of times it's kids with disabilities or, um, you know, they're at risk or whatever. And she said that she is going to be in charge of starting an like resources and kind of a program for kids with autism here Mm. in January. Which is what you love. I know I love autism so much. Like I love studying it. I love working with kids that have been diagnosed with it. And I just, it's like my passion are, are those individuals, that demographic. And she said, you know, if you're working there, I could bring you on that team. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is a dream. Like (gasps) that would be so cool. So I sent my resume in on Friday. Um, I haven't heard anything yet, but I think I I need to do like a follow-up to make sure my friend got my resume. But yeah, I, I'm hoping that, uh, something comes of it. And if not, that's fine. I can make something else work, but, um, it just was exciting to hear that just cause that is what I like to do. Um, it's hard though, because I'm getting a little bit of pushback from my mom and it's out of love, but right. she, I have not seen her for over 11 months now and Nuts. it's insanity. 
and I hate it. And I don't think I've ever gone longer than four months without seeing my mom. Um, so it's been really, it's been really hard. And I've had a really hard last couple weeks with it. Um, of course. because we found out that she, she might, she probably isn't going to be able to come back for Christmas. So it's just been, it's been a struggle. And she said that hopefully next summer, everything's going to be lifted. Like we'll have a plan. We'll have vaccines. We'll have all this stuff. And hopefully we'll be able to travel and see each other and stuff. And she said, I would hate for you to give away having summers off, like when we could be able to actually see each other and travel to see each other and stuff. And Mm -hmm. I, I do sympathize, like I empathize with that and I understand, and I really would love to keep a job where I can have summers off, but Mm -hmm. you know, if I can find something that I feel like. I wonder what the time off is with this other job, because maybe you could get at least two weeks off in a row and that would be a amazing you know right well and that's kind of what I you know told my mom I said I don't really know enough about this other job to even make a decision really Mm -hmm. but I'm I'm excited about it I'm excited about like the fact that there's so many paths I could take yeah I just a lot's going on right now so I try not to think about the fact that I have to make any decisions (laughs) which I know is being such a bad adult but at the same time I'm just like nope I gotta finish this and then I can finish this you know, oh my gosh, because so. that can get so overwhelming. Oh, yeah. Would um, it be like an after-school program situation, or is it like during the day, like a therapy situation where they go and have appointments? It's it's full-time, and it is – it's the job she said was open is called like a clinical director. Mm-hmm. And so I would kind of be in charge of working with clients and then kind of deciding how can I get you the therapy that you need and the family support and stuff. So um, – and I don't know, I don't think we lived together when I, maybe I, we did when I wrote this, but I wrote a paper and in, in school about family therapy and how important. Mm, I how, think I remember that. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was just, I was just remembering that I definitely wrote papers, like a really important paper when we lived together because I was sitting in that, that room right next to the front door and mm. you would always like poke your head in on your way in back to your room. And like, I just remember working on this paper, like for nights and nights in a row, but you always like coming in and like saying hi. And so So it might've been that paper. (laughs) Oh my God. I know. I remember you sitting there. So I wrote one on um, family therapy and how important it is for families to get help so that they're able to help their their person. Yeah. So, and there's a job there too, that looks like it's open. That's like called a parent aid. And so your your job is to work with the parents and the family members mm-hmm. and kind of help them help their client. So um, yes, yeah. So there's there's just a lot that I think is possible. And but you know it'll be it'll be a little bit till I know what's going on. I guess. But yeah, know. I've been reading a lot about that too. And like my, in my therapy search, um, mm-hmm. there's been a lot of therapists that do that same thing, family uh, therapy as well. Not only like if they're suffering from you know like brain trauma or something like that um, or something that is, you know, like a disease or would you not, you wouldn't consider autism a disease though. How do, how do, how do I become politically correct of, of that? It is a condition. A di- it's a disorder. Disorder. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's the word. Yeah. Okay. And technically we call it a neurodevelopmental disorder. Okay. Okay. So yeah, that's something that um, I've been learning or not learning about, but just like seeing too, that not only if you have a disorder, um, but also if you have like a, 
kid that needs therapy regardless, you know, maybe it's an emotional situation Mm -hmm. uh, that the family should also or the parent should also have therapy too to maybe it's a part, maybe it's separate, maybe it's both, but it really helps uh, the development of both parties involved because then you like know how to communicate with each other because there are so many times when the parent thinks or a friend even could think that they're saying the right thing. But like when someone is going through something, anything you say could not only – set them off but that's not what I mean to say but like it could just come across in such a uh, non uh, helpful way and so it's not able to they're not able to um, take in what you're saying and use it for the better they're just going to um, take it as a hit almost right yeah it's it's really important that stuff like at the clinic that I worked in down in Phoenix we would literally take the last 10 minutes of every session to go talk to the family not not just about what we did but like these are the things I'm seeing that you can do at home yeah to support them and stuff like that so it's really important yeah for that communication yeah well that's amazing I hope that all works out well I'll be praying and thinking about you thank you I love you so much (laughs) oh I love you I'm I'm better from my spiral last week, Yay. so that's good, just to keep everyone up to <laughs> But I will say, finding a therapist has been really, like, hard. Um, Did you say you were going to go see one? That are, yeah, so I have a meeting with someone on Thursday virtually, which is really great. Um, she, like, does everything that I want uh, in a therapist as far as, like, cognitive behavioral therapy. Finding a therapist that was covered under my insurance was – Either they didn't message back or they didn't answer their phone or whatever. And all the people that were not covered by insurance are super fast because, you know, they are kind of running their own business. And I guess I don't really know why, truthfully, but, you know, I can't say. But uh, and then they were like, but we can help submit an out of network claim if you want to do that. And then so I had to look and see what my out of network benefits were. And I was like, oh, my God. So I did find someone. Hopefully this Thursday meeting goes well. But I have a couple of other people like as backups just in case because uh, that's smart. You never know. Even if she was like, you know, easy to find, then I would have had to give it some time because therapy is just, you know, you maybe like them. You maybe don't. Who knows? Yeah, I agree. Well, thanks so much for tuning in, guys. Um, Thanks for listening. And uh, we'll see you next week for the banquet. Okay, have a good week. Bye. There's a park and some pals and there's also therapy too.